Come to Sam Ash for hundreds of exclusive holiday deals on music and sound gear from the most iconic brands. Save big on professional and starter guitars, drums, digital pianos, horns, violins, DJ, and electronic production equipment. Supercharge your home studio with deals on podcasting, streaming, and AV equipment like speakers, microphones, headphones, and acoustic treatment. Plus, with 36 months no interest financing on thousands of items, you can get the gear of your dreams right now. From our incredible selection and service to our lowest price guarantee for over 95 years, real musicians know you only go to Sam Ash. my potential has been what my career has been all about. Things that I've dreamed about have actually come true. And the Patriots have won Super Bowl 36. Unbelievable. Things have happened in my life as I kind of hoped they would happen. It's been, I mean, just a complete evolution. You know, how I just kept kind of fighting and clawing to continue to to power forward. You just keep putting one foot in front of the other and you keep trying to make progress. So when I look at over 20 years, I look, look how far I've come. But there's not one step that I took where I realized, look how far I've come. But those series of steps that I put together um, I go, wow, that's, man, that's quite a journey.
You're now in the Sports Lab, a sports talk show for the hardcore fans. Bring your passion, bring your excitement, just don't bring any nonsense. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back to another edition of the Evolution of Sports Talk Television live here nightly on Bucks Report. It's the Sports Web. I'm your host, Peter Blake, giving you something to think about. And as we always start off the Sports Web, we say three things. Write them down. Remember them because they're going to come back to you lately. Bring your passion. Bring your excitement. Just don't bring any nonsense. On tonight's show, we will have Mr. Ricky Reynolds, former Bucks Corner, Pat's Corner sports analyst, on with us talking about your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. At 9.40, we will have TJ Pittenger of the Big Three Roll-Up, of course, talking around the NFL, uh, what's been going on uh, with the Bucks, also. And then, of course, your phone call, 727-255-0391 at 727-255. 2550391. Join the 65,000 following we have here on Facebook, of course, live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and the Chris Landry Football Twitch channel, the Landry Football Network. Of course, this night and every night is brought to you by mycannabiscard.com, the nation's first and largest cannabis card doctor network, and home of the guaranteed fast track cannabis card approval. With over 2,500 state-licensed doctors and 30-plus qualifying conditions, my cannabis card is by far the easiest and most cost-effective way to secure your cannabis card as stress-free as possible. And we want to be as stress-free as possible these days from the comforts of your own home. It's mycannabiscard.com and tell them the Sports Web Bucks Report and Peter Blake sent you. So... Without further ado, let's go ahead and get the man on himself, former Bucks corner, former Pats corner, but we won't mention that. We'll just stick with Bucks legend, Mr. Ricky Reynolds. Welcome to the evolution of Sports Talk Television, my friend. How are you doing on this Thursday night? I'm wonderful, Peter. How are you doing? Doing great. Getting ready to talk football with you as always, and we kind of learned something. And like I said, don't be scared, Webheads, if you have a question for Ricky uh, definitely get in on the phone line, 727-255-0391. It's 727-255-0391. Let's go out to these comments from LaShawn McCoy. Want to get your thoughts on it. The says the difference between Mahomes and Brady is Brady is more precise when Mahomes will go out there and just sling it. Both are competitive guys. He says that Brady will do the look-off passes like Mahomes does, and he, he will do that in practice. He did it recently with a pass to Gronkowski. Go ahead and talk about that. You've been a corner in the league. What does that quarterback do? How important is it when they uh, basically, um, with what they do with their eyes, how can they uh, have that trick where they can trick a corner or trick a safety? How can they manipulate it? That's the word I'm looking for uh, with their eyes. Yeah, well, it's um, probably more so with the safeties than it is with the corners because the safeties are in the middle of the field and usually aren't uh, covering anybody. They're usually trying to protect and help out the corners or uh, other guys that are actually covering on receivers down the field. And uh, so what they do is it's, it's not with just the eyes. Uh, you know, these safeties and defensive backs, they watch the shoulders. They watch, the, you know, the, the movement of the, the head. Uh, to see what he's looking at. And uh, if he's looking to the left, you know, they'll start back, backpedaling and, and, and uh, allowing their uh, movement to fade that way to the left. And then 
all of a sudden he goes to the right and you want to open up and, you know, go to the right and that, those sort of things. So uh, it's a lot more than just watching his eyes, but um, a uh, quarterback really knows how to try to uh, get uh, safety or, or corner if they're, you know, really honed in on looking at the quarterback out of position. And uh, what they want to do is they want to, they want to lean uh, to a specific way and they want to look the opposite way that they know they're throwing it to and try to get that defensive back to lean that way and then whip themselves back around to the other side and make that throw down the field uh, once they have the defensive back out of the way. So it's a it's a big head game. You know, it's, it's a lot of competition out there and and, uh, and and the defensive backs are playing the same game. You know, they're, they're trying to disguise coverages. They want to make it look like zone and playing man. Or make it look like man and play zone, uh, you know, and different things like that. So it's it's a chess match out there. Let's talk about that chess match when you played. What quarterback gave you difficulty and what quarterback that you kind of sucker sometime? I know the story about Joe Montana, but who's another quarterback that you kind of played a game with and won? Uh, Dan, Dan Marino was uh, another oh, one. We, oh. we him. Yeah, Dan Marino was uh, was real good. You know, he's, he's a guy that uh, – could could really uh, you know kind of look you off, uh, look one way, and then come back because he he had a really quick release as well. So you know if he started leaning one way, then all of a sudden you know he'll come back and and just whip it out. You know uh, he could be standing square, and just whip it to the right or whip it to the left, and uh, get you out of position. So he he was he was tough to uh, to to play against. And who was uh, besides who is the guy that you played a game with that you got that you caught trying to play a game with you? You intercepted or uh, you <laughs> him on defense? Come on, spill the beans. That, that's, that's happened a few times. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> well, I mean, I've had some real good games against Joe Montana, and one reason why is because uh, uh, I knew everybody back home was watching because I, I grew up in Sacramento, California. So the 49ers were a team that. Uh, I used to watch when I was young, and so I really studied. You know, uh, you know, I studied all the time. But those games, I wanted to play well, and uh, and for some reason, I always played well against uh, you know Joe Montana, Steve Steve Young as well. I played well against those guys. Does that exist? I mean, where you just play better against top competition? I mean, it, it, some guys that just play like you talked about with Joe Montana. You believe that exists with players these days and and back then, right? Oh yeah, I, I definitely believe that because uh, you know you you play such a long season that you can't be up you know at that same level for every game. So you know, for instance, back then you, you're playing against the 49ers. That was you know they were one of the best teams in the league you know year in and year out. So that game you were up, you were excited. You're playing against Jerry Rice and you know Roger Craig, some of those guys, and you know you want to put on the best show, you know and and you know, if you were playing against, uh, you know, Detroit or Green Bay back then or, you know, a certain team that, you know, weren't as good and uh, didn't have the, the talent level as, um, you know, as some of the other teams. And, you know, you, you may not be as up for that game as you would be uh, with some of the top talented uh, receivers across the league. There you go. We're on with the Buccaneer legend right now. I'm just going to say Ricky Reynolds, former Bucks corner, Pat's corner here on the Evolution of Sports Talk Television. Get your questions in if you have a question for him. 727-255-0391. It's 727-255-0391. 
Let's talk about this Saints game 16 <laughs> days away. I can't believe I'm saying it because there was so much negativity the last couple months of having no football season and COVID, but we're just right around the corner here, Ricky. What's the challenge in facing a Drew Brees? And uh, does he do the same thing with his shoulders and with his eyes? And then with that being said, you know, how difficult can it be or could it be for these young safeties like an Antoine Winfield, like a Jordan Whitehead, and of course a Mike Edwards? Yeah, well, um, Drew Brees definitely is a guy that, you know, been in the league forever and he's has seen everything. So uh, he's a guy that knows how to, uh, you know, look off defensive backs and, and uh, make things happen. And it's obvious because, I mean, he, he throws for a ton of yards every year. He, He's the, uh, I guess, the career-leading, uh, uh, you know, uh, passing yards uh, guy yep. out there in the in the history of uh, the NFL. So um, he he knows how to do it, you know. And so uh, Antoine Winfield uh, Jr. there is a guy that's young. He's is he's a rookie. He's never faced him before. So that's going to be a challenge for him, you know. And uh, it's going to be new for him to go out there and to uh, play, you know, against a Drew Brees, you know you know, on his first time out, it's, it's going to be tough, but some of the other guys that have played against them, you know, a couple of times uh, last year. And when you play, uh, you know, a division rival year in and year out, you, you start to get a feel for what they like to do and um, uh, you know, what type of game planning is And the coaches are going to help them. You know, they're going to help these guys out because they watch a lot of film and they try to put these guys in the right situations and the right defenses for what uh, their opponent you know, what they do. And so, you know, these, they'll be ready. You know, I think they will be ready defensively. Um, and so it, it should be a good showing. Playing in the league, what kind of advice would you give to those young players in the back end? Um, my advice to them would be not, not to do too much, just to kind of go out there, try to uh, keep everything simple and try and try to play within the defense and do what you can do and, and, and no more. You know, you don't want to go out there and try to do too much and, and, and be a superstar, you know, uh, especially early on when you're going out there and, and uh, playing for the first time. But you want to just, uh, you know, know the defense, you know, know what your capabilities are, stick within that framework and, uh, you know, go out and play, you know, the best that you can play. All right. Good stuff. There you go. Advice from somebody who played in the league. So if you're listening out there, uh, Buccaneer players, there you go. Let's talk about the Chris Godwin situation. He missed a couple of days of practice. Coach Arian said yesterday, it's for me to know and for you not to find out. What do you make of this situation? I, I want you to kind of, uh, I, we haven't heard it's an injury. I don't think it's an injury. So the, the couple of days, do you think that's contract or do you think there was some disciplinary reasons why Godwin missed practice? Well, it's, it's hard to really speculate on, on something like this because, because like you said, well, we kind of really have no idea, but um, I would think it's probably something personal. You know, maybe it's something uh, going on within their family that um, he had to go out and, uh, you know, take care of some of these things. Um, I'm sure if it was, you know, contract related and things like that, uh, it's, it's possible that that stuff will kind of leak out and that he's not, uh, not happy with some, you know, some issues and things like that. But it's probably something that's more personal that, um, you know, that he wants to keep, you know, keep in house and uh, Coach Arian knows about it and he's allowing him to go handle his business. 
ever had a situation in the locker room where there was a guy who wanted a contract extension? How did you guys handle that in that locker room? There wasn't any animosity. Did some players have animosity or did they understand at the end of the day, Ricky, it's a business? Yeah, most most guys know it's a, it's a business and um, these things come up and your job as a player uh, is to go out there and handle your own business, you know, because you're going to end up being in that situation one day and trying to decide, do I play or do I need to sit out? Um, I had to hold out a couple of times uh, during my years when I was playing with Tampa and, um, you know, I was in training camp, didn't have a contract and I held out until, uh, until I got a contract. <laughs> so, you know, you have to, you have to do what you have to do, you know, and uh, it's, it's nothing personal. Can you take us inside that process? Cause I've always been fascinated with, it, and some people are kind of bored by, it, but w- what's the process? Do you sit down with the general manager or do you let your agent sit down and then once they get some type of deal done or some parameters, like, do you go to your agent and say, this is what we expect this contract to be? Your general manager goes back and says, this is what they're offering. And then when they finally get a deal, you guys sit down and talk about it or you just sign the deal when your agent says it's done. Well, usually what, what happens is that, uh, you know, you let your agent handle it. But during the process, he comes back to you and lets you know, you know, hey, they're offering this amount, you know. I think it's well below what you're worth, blah, 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 you know, and he, he has comparisons. You know, I, I believe that you're on this level, uh, you know, within the National Football League and such and such is making this, such and such is making that. And uh, they think you're on this level, you know, sort of thing. And uh, we're going to continue to try to fight, you know, and get, you know, what we think is what you're worth and, and that sort of stuff. So it kind of goes back and forth and he just keeps the player informed what's going on and your job as a player is try to you know just take in what you know need to take in allow your guy to handle it so that you can focus on going out there staying in shape uh and preparing you know for your season uh how accurate is the jerry Maguire reference because that movie came out with tom cruise being an agent was your agent like that or is a little bit mild-mannered uh it's it's I, I would say it's probably different depending on who your agent is. You know, uh, my, my guy was a little bit more mild mannered. Um, and, and back then I, I don't think, you know, the agents were, you know, around like they are now. I mean, you know, I, during the seasons, you know, the last couple of years, I can be out on the field and see agents walking around and things like that. And, that it, it just didn't really happen when, when I played back then, you know, but uh, nowadays it's, it's a little different, you know, and um, I'm sure if, if there are some agents that are a little closer to some of their, uh, their athletes that, you know, uh, they, they have a close bond, you know, they probably give, you know, a little love with one another, you know, <laughs> and some friendship and stuff. And, uh, you know, if I was playing, I'd be telling my agent, show me the money, you know? <laughs> go ahead, do it. Do, do the impression. Go ahead. Go for it. Former Bucks corner, Pat's corner there. Let's go out to the webheads here, read these comments. What are we watching? We are watching the evolution of Sports Talk Television here live nightly on Bucks Report. LFG, we all know what that means. Uh, best comment of the night gets a surprise. I don't know what that surprise is. Hopefully it's good. Hopefully it's not getting kicked out, but uh, that would be the best comment. So I'm so pumped for the season. 
Uh, Yash says, let's go, Bucks family. Bring your passion. Uh, hey, guys, says Johnny Dean. Super Bowl 55 champs, says David. Uh, call in now, absolutely. Ricky, what's up, says Blake. Uh, yeah, Ricky, what Ricky is talking about is when quarterbacks use your eyes to manipulate the defenders to move over just enough to squeeze a ball in or defense, you try to leave the receiver open to bait the quarterback. Going back to Bucks history, and this is not too far back, but Rondé Barber, how did he play Donovan McNabb? And he did it again a couple years later. Go ahead and break that down just a little bit if you remember it. Well, a, a, a lot of things are game plan, you know, as, and Rondé was a guy that's you know, was very smart. He did his homework. He studied and he knew his opponent very well. So that's how you're able to go in and, and bait a quarterback uh, by knowing down the distance, by knowing situations. It could be third and long. Uh, they like to do X, Y, Z. So I'm going to go uh, when they line up in a certain formation. I already have in my head uh, what types of plays they like to run. And so if you think uh, a certain route is coming, I'm going to kind of lean over this way in, in anticipation of having, uh, you know, uh, this receiver coming from the backside, you know, coming across the field. And then I'm going to go ahead and jump it once, um, you know, the quarterback, you know, begins to turn and throw that way. So it's, it's a lot of it's game planning and preparation in order to go out there and play and to make make these big plays like uh, Rondé's done. Nice. Good stuff. All right, let's go back out to the webheads here. Christopher says, hey, Peter, I guess you saw the article I posted about Madden predictions. What a joke. Just as bad as the Madden rankings. By the way, do you play Madden? I remember uh, asking Al Keck, uh, one of your colleagues that you know uh, from Washington State, I asked him if he played Madden. He's like, Peter, I don't play video games because I don't have the time because I have a woman. So I'm going to ask you politely, <laughs> do you play Madden? And what do you think of the new Madden this year if you do? I'm sorry, Peter. I do not play Madden. And I'm like Al Keck. I think <laughs> something in the water at Washington State, I don't play video games. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I can't really help you there. That's, That's something okay. that that I had just never have gotten into. I, you know, I, I have a, a son here that's six years old. He's dying to do that stuff. My wife doesn't want him to do it at all. But, um, yeah, I, I'm just not into that. It's, it's just boring to me, you know. Wow. I'd rather, yeah, I'd rather go out and do the real thing, you know. <laughs> well, well, there you go. And I definitely think the Bucks would welcome that if we could make that possible. We'll, we'll try to figure that out. I mean, it seems like uh, Brady has figured it out at 43 years old. What the hell? I think you could do it, right? I mean. Go to that fountain of youth. I mean, I guess uh, Cocoon was made down here. They need to remake Cocoon, bring all the old bucks back so they can play for the team so you can all win a Super Bowl together. How about that? <laughs> Sounds good, but I'm, I'm a little bit older than Brady, and I, I can't move like I used to. <laughs> hey, anything is possible. It's 2020, remember. Uh, let's yes, see here. Uh, opening night, Brady goes 26 of 32 for 411 and five touchdowns. It's a lot of yards. That's a lot of throws. Do you think that's certainly possible versus a Saints defense? Or do you think with a lot of people that this offense could most likely start out slow because of the missed reps? I, I think, like you said, most I think uh, teams would start off slow. And uh, usually early on, defenses dominate a little more until the offenses really can get their timing going uh, once the live bullets you know, start firing off. Um, 
But no, I, I think that's uh, I, don't, I don't think he would throw for that many yards, uh, especially in a division rival. Usually it doesn't happen like that. Okay. All right. I think that's more Madden at this point. Uh, you can, I guess you could do that. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I'm looking at my screen. It's throwing me off because you got a guy in the background. And he looks like he has like a mohawk. So I feel like my hair is sticking up, but it's not. It's the guy in the background. So screw him. That, you got a new hairdo back there, don't you? Yeah, that's I, it. I, do. <laughs> I, I feel like that, like Joe Dirt. Remember Joe Dirt at the end of the movie where he has there that? Yeah, that's how I feel right now. It's not a good look for me. I'm not, I'm not liking that. From what I've noticed on Drew Brees and what I break down on, on on his downs is that Brees struggles on long throws now. Balls are a tad behind receivers, and he doesn't throw to the sidelines with zip. We've kind of talked about this. Do you see some decline uh, with Drew Brees? And most likely, is that the reason why this could be his last year with him going to the booth? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, these guys have been playing for a long time, you know, and, and so – eventually your body does start to break down and, and you don't have it uh, like you like you used to have it. And, and I agree is that uh, I did see some uh, slippage in his play last year. And and I'm sure, you know, he's probably noticed as well and probably why he was a little hesitant on coming back and, you know, trying to decide if he wanted to make another run or if he wanted to retire. And so, um, you know, he probably looked back and said, hey, you know, this team's too good. Let me get a another opportunity to try to, uh, you know, to win something here. And, uh, but yeah, I think he, I think he's slipping a little bit. Okay. And if let's say he gets injured again, who do you favor in that quarterback competition? A Taysom Hill who somewhat knows the system or of course, former Bucks quarterback, Jameis Winston. I would go with Jameis just because uh, he's a guy that's, you know, plays and, and has that experience. Uh, you know, Jason Hill's a, a, you know, a great player in, in his role. I think he's a guy that can come in and, and uh, make some things happen, but I don't see him, you know, uh, being an every down quarterback and uh, performing on that level. You know, once, once a uh, defense coordinator or, you know, these teams get a chance to sit down and game plan against a Jason Hill and know, uh, you know, what he's going to do, he's not going to do very much. And we're on a former Bucks corner. I call him a Buccaneer great. Mr. Ricky Reynolds here on the Evolution of Sports Talk Television. Guys, you've been quiet tonight. You're texting, but no phone call. 727-255-0391. It's 727-255-0391. It's the Evolution of Sports Talk Television. I'm your host, Peter Blake. Giving you something to think about. Let's go back out to the webheads here. Saints like to use run routes and inside throws like slants to utilize breeze throws a lot better. Hence why Thomas... Uh, has so many man slant route completions. And once again, that's Blake Anthony of Sports Talk 49, which can be heard here on Tuesdays at 3.30, does a great job of breaking down stuff. Explain this. How do you defend a Michael Thomas, or how do you defend that route in general? It's so tough to defend. How would you do it? Well, it, it depends on what the coverage is. I mean, are you in zone? Are you in man-to-man? If we're playing man, I'm playing them tight, you know, because – they do have a quick passing game uh, where the ball comes out quickly. And um, and so in those situations, uh, you know, one of the teams I used to play against that did that was uh, the Green Green Bay Packers back in the day with mm-hmm. Sterling Sharp as one of their receivers. You know, they ran a lot of hitches, ran a lot of slants, quick outs, things like that. And so what I would do is get go up and press them. You know, I'd go up and, and bump and run them, uh, play them tight as I could. So that when that ball came out, I didn't have any separation between he and I, and I would have an opportunity to make a play on the ball. 
And that's what I would do. I would play him as tight as possible and, um, and be physical with him. And that's the way you have to be, right, with those big wide receivers like a Mike Evans, a Chris Godwin, and also a Michael Thomas. You have to be physical with them at the line of scrimmage. Uh, well, you, you have to you have to mix it up with those guys uh, okay. because these these guys are you know they they get in the weight room now you know some of these big receivers lift some weights and and if you get up there too tight you know you they can throw you around so sometimes you have to go up there and, and you jam them sometimes you go up and you know like you're gonna jam them but then you back up a little bit and then jam them, you know so you got to mix up what you're doing press wise so that you know you know, they don't know uh, how to how to handle you or ha- what how to deal with you, you know. Uh, it's, just, it's a head game. All right, let's go out to the phone lines here. Mr. Blake Anthony of Sports Talk 49, you're on with yours truly along with the great Ricky Reynolds. Go ahead. What's going on, Peter? How's it going, Ricky? You're hey, talking- how you doing? We got 16 days until football season. How do you think I'm doing? I'm pumped up. I'm ready to go. <laughs> People think I drink Red Bull before. It's a 10-hour energy, not 5-hour energy. Go ahead. And actually, you don't drink it. You have it straight injected through an IV, and it is really exciting. That there you go. And, all the, and it's really exciting. That all the doom and gloom is gone, and the season is actually underway. Yeah. Well, we yeah. don't have Leo Haggerty on here tonight. He's like my Doctor Doom on Mondays. He's depressing everybody. You know, everybody's depressed when they see him on screen. We got Ricky here. So you got a question for him? Oh yeah, you got Shaft on there, and you know Rick, and you know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, you got a. Uh, um, Leo is uh, the yin to the yang, so you got to have one or the other. But uh, right, yeah, it was what Ricky's talking about. You know, you press them and stuff. What I was saying uh, in there, when you do that, you run, you run those rub routes so you can get the outside receivers free to come under that coverage. They catch a lot of those slant routes on the inside because Breeze's arm isn't what it used to be. He struggles on elongated throws that are outside the hashes and deeper throws. They t- he tends to be behind receivers and things like that. So I agree with Ricky. You know. Um, as far as uh, he, he's slipping a little bit with his arm strike, and you got to remember, Drew Brees did have a shoulder injury earlier in his career, so uh, he tends to you see him sometimes grimace the shoulder sometimes at just certain throws. So, uh, in my opinion, I my guess, my question to Ricky would be, what do you think the best coverage would be to stop somebody with that kind of issue and uh, uh, coverage that that struggles on the outside throws? Oh well, I mean, like I said, you can you can really uh, mix things up and um play some man but uh you know sit back in some of those uh soft zones uh you you can you can get them too like in in a cover two to where uh you have maybe a linebacker or a uh, safety that's sitting in the in the curl area which would be for the slant route and then also the corner is sitting out in the flat for the quick out you know and then that helps to um kind of minimize what they can do uh, you know, with the quick, quick passing game, you know, uh, you know, with the, with the short passes, you know, is, is by playing some cover too. And uh, mixing it up with, with a little man as well. There you go. What else, Blake? Uh, that's pretty much it for now. I just want to get, get a little bit in on that and uh, appreciate you guys getting on there and giving your insight every day. Absolutely. He's giving the insight. I'm just asking the questions. I'm sitting here learning <laughs> about football. So Blake, thanks. Blake has that, he has that Madden going, huh? Yeah, he has that Madden going on, right? You definitely have the yeah. Madden going on. You have to maybe show Ricky something. Maybe we have to get Ricky into the Madden <laughs> tournament or something. He'll probably kick all yeah. of our asses. Yeah, I'm sure. They do those uh, week-by-week uh, predictions on the Madden, so I'll do that, post those up. 
But as we know, Madden is no reflection to uh, real life. It's just a fun simulation to watch or get mad at. But um, it's just all in fun and keep fans and everybody uh, and entertained with stuff like that going on. Yeah, from going crazy, exactly, with everything that's gone on this year. What was their prediction, by the way? Was it 8-8? and Are you, are you talking about the Buccaneers? Are you yeah. talking about mine? Or are you talking about somebody else? Somebody else's on Madden. Was it the prediction eight and eight? It was eight and eight. My, me, well, you know, the check down kind of ripped me off with the whole man simulation thing. Um, they, was, I got twelve and four. I can't remember what he got on his, but he did have the Bucks playing in the. He got the same thing I got. He got the Bucks playing in the Super Bowl against the uh, Baltimore Ravens. Hmm. Okay. All right. We'll see if that happens or not. we got a long ways to go until that happens, but uh, it will definitely be something to watch. Thanks a lot, Blake, for the call, calling the evolution of Sports Talk Television, all right? No problem. You guys take it. All right. Speaking of predictions, we'll go back out to the webheads in a moment, and then we'll get you out of here. Diana Rossini of ESPN says the Bucs don't make the playoffs this year at all. What do you say? (laughs) And and the reasoning for this, Ricky, is the fact of – uh, Bruce Arians' uh, offense you know, causes quarterbacks to get hit a lot. She feels like Brady not only going into a new system and not necessarily having those reps in a regular season uh, is going to be the downfall, and she feels like because uh, he gets blitzed so much that he won't be able to handle it. But uh, here's also the thing. She says he had uh, 33 throwaways, which is true, so I feel like that would be an advantage to be in a Bruce Arians offense. And really, at the end of the day, do you want to blitz a Tom Brady? Well, you're exactly right. I wouldn't want to blitz a Tom Brady. That's why people don't blitz him very often, because he will burn you. And and another thing is, is that um, Bruce Arians has never had a Tom Brady, you know, and Tom Brady doesn't like to get hit. So he's not going to get hit. You know, he's going to get rid of the football, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, downfield or or uh, throwing it off to uh you know a McCoy or, or somebody there in, in in the backfield so he's not going to hold on to the ball I'm not worried about that at all and um she's I think she's dead wrong because you know this is the greatest quarterback that's ever played the game and uh he's not going to just sit back there and allow opponents to tee off on him if, if the if the uh if the ball or the, the man downfield is open, he's going to hit him. If not, he's going to throw it to somebody else. All right, let's go out to the phone lines here. We got Mr. Johnny Dean, the professor. Welcome to the Evolution. You're on with yours truly along with the great Ricky Reynolds. How's it going, guys? Going good, buddy. How you doing? All right. Uh, Ricky, I, I got a question. I, I don't know if you ever played against Denver in Denver. I can't remember. I'm old and can't remember any of that stuff. <laughs> Did you ever play in Denver? Yo, yes, I pl- I played in Denver. Yes, played against Elway and and those guys. Yeah. How hard was it for you to adjust to the air? Because I I played all my high school and and pee wee football here in Florida, and then I went to college out in Denver, out in Colorado, was in up north. But the air the cl- uh, cl- acclimating to that was almost impossible for me. Yeah, well, I it I didn't have too much of a problem. Where you really felt it was, um, you know, when you're out there in the field uh, for so many plays in a row and or if you had to run, you know, downfield on a long pass play or something like that, you you would have a hard time trying to just catch your breath. You know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, we're we're pretty 
much a well-trained athlete. So all we do is run, run, run. And uh, so, you know, we get kind of used to it. But, um, you know, once you come to the sideline, you hit a couple of puffs of oxygen, you kind of recover. So that's the biggest thing is was was just recovering after after in between plays and trying to, you know, take some deep breaths here and there whenever you did get winded. Uh, and, and I understand I, I've, I've since have been back to uh, Colorado and went up to uh, some of those um, ski slopes and uh, walked up a couple of hills doing some sledding and man, I, I couldn't breathe. <laughs> but but when, when I was playing, I, I didn't have too much, you know, too much trouble out there. <laughs> I, I was between 280 and 295 when I was up there and man, I was gasping. I, I just couldn't get it. <laughs> I couldn't get the air right, man. I was sucking that oxygen down. <laughs> I, I feel like it's kind of like wearing an elevation mask, but it's real. You know, elevation mask, it have certain levels, and I, I've worn it before, but I, I just can't imagine going on in that and not being used to it. I, I feel like you would choke unless you I are think, used to I it. Think, I think it hits the linemen a lot harder than it does the other guys, but, yeah, you know. Yeah, they kept, they 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 kept, they have a lot of weight than big guys on it. So it, you know, it, like I said, it's hard to recover sometimes. You know, when you lose your air. One of those guys on your offensive line, who was it that struggled the most? Come on, give it up. Who was it? On my offensive line? Yes. Oh well, I, I think I played with Ian Beckles. <laughs> he might have been one. <laughs> had a little trouble. Um, I gotta be careful with that because I know Ian's uh, in the media as well. So <laughs> That's okay, That's but, but um, I'm with you but, again. You can just go in and tell the story, and he'll just agree with you. Well, I, I mean, I, I I I don't recall which one you know in particular, but I know he was on the on the old line during back in those times. And uh, like you said, uh, a, a Ruben Davis was a big defensive lineman that we had that. Um, uh, probably was a over three hundred pounder back then, and uh, struggled you know with some of that stuff. Ended up going and playing with the Chargers, right on that Super Bowl. Yeah. Team? Is that correct? Yeah, okay, that's what yeah. I thought. Chargers. Yes, yeah, sure did. You had Mayberry also and Paul Gruber. Yeah, Paul Gruber. Yeah, Paul Gruber. Um, yeah, Mayberry. Yeah. Nice, nice, good stuff. All right, Johnny Dean. What else? Um, well, I, that was just leading into my prediction. I, I think we're going to beat the Saints. I think it's not going to be as uh, close a game as everybody thinks it's going to be either. I, I just – I got a feeling that it's, it's going to be a letdown for the Saints. And why do you say uh, that? Well, why a letdown I, for I the Saints? Think, I think we're going to go 3-1 and one in the first four games. But okay. I do think we're going to lose to Denver. I, I just don't think the conditioning is there yet. Yeah, I, I don't know. Denver is a weird team. They have a young quarterback and a Drew Locke. They have these weapons. They're already Hamler, who they got from Penn State, has already been hurt. So I'm not sure. People look at that and they say, well, you know, there's a difficulty. The thing you have to watch with the Broncos, Ricky and Johnny, is, of course, that defense with the Von Miller and, of course, the uh, uh, Bradley Chubb, who's returning from an injury, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that defense is uh, is strong. And like I said, uh, early on in the season, defenses usually um, play pretty well, you know. And so those guys will be, you know, coming after Brady, you know, as often as possible. But Brady's smart, you know, he's not going to hold on to the ball. He'll try to get it to the guys, and um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But it's 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 you know, I know Johnny's, you know, and most of the Buccaneer fans are very hopeful because they're expecting so much, you know, from this team. And I think uh, I think they may start off a little bit slow. And then once they kind of find their niche, they're gonna they're gonna take off. 
I got to ask this question because she uh, just texted me. Johnny Dean, thanks a lot for the call. Appreciate you, all right? All right, good stuff. Uh, Taylor Allen says, uh, what is the biggest obstacle you think the Bucks are going to face besides the obvious no reps? Is it the slow start? Is that the biggest obstacle or is it something else? I, I think uh, injuries um, may be the biggest obstacle. Um, I, I worry sometimes about their depth. You know, you, you look at, you know, some of the re- receivers, things like that. And I think if uh, we have some injuries here and there, it could set them back. Okay. All right. Let's go back out to the webheads, and then we will get you out of here. Of course, Mr. Ricky Reynolds, former Bucks corner, Pat's corner here on the Evolution on Thursday night. So, uh, Bucks report, you're the bomb. Absolutely appreciate you. Godwin probably got caught out partying or something. Hopefully not. Uh, DBs are the hardest working players on the field. Wide receivers second. It breaks down to wide receivers. Uh, know where they're going, and DBs have to work harder to anticipate the routes. Both run more than anyone else. Agree? I agree with that wholeheartedly. <laughs> wholeheartedly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Eric says, I didn't shoplift uh, the – okay. I'm not going to go there with that. I used to – I know where the line's from. I used to play Madden, but I haven't played in three or four years. Christopher Cole, you're a liar. You definitely still play Madden. Everybody out there plays Madden besides Ricky Reynolds and Al Kent. Let's just get it out there. I'm never, you know what? I'm asking TJ Pittenger, who's coming on, if he plays Madden. Everybody who comes on the show now, if you play Madden, we're going to get everybody to play Madden. There's a Madden tournament going on. I don't care. Go leave us the review if you please. Uh, that would be great. Uh, Facebook 813 Green Doctor. Okay. Thank you very much. Appreciate you. Uh, Whistling Mars, hey, sir, what's up? Uh, Of the first four games this year, everyone is sleeping on how hard it is to play in Denver, especially for someone coming out of Florida. Bucks win the Saints game but lose to Denver 3-1 and in the first four. That's certainly possible, right, Ricky? Oh, yeah, it's definitely possible. Um, You know, we'll have to see what happens. You know, we don't know what this team is like, you know, until they get on the field and start playing. You know, you don't know. I'm not Miss Cleo, so you know I I'm not having a crystal ball. I can't have a psychic reading. All I can see is what's on paper. But you know we've seen this uh, before, uh, being Bucks fans out there on the expectations on this team and what they can do. But the talent here is just ridiculous. Chris the God wants the Quan, and he deserves it. That's good. Okay. Hey Peter, how do you think they're going to do the oxygen tanks this year with the mask, the whole COVID going around? Uh, because somebody always is there sanitizing. Will they bring extra tanks in just for that purpose? I'm going to oh, kind of lost you there. I'm going to ask you this. Do you- okay, go ahead. Go ahead and answer that question if you can, because I think we lost you there for a minute. Yeah, you did lose me, so I, I didn't hear the question. Uh, here's the question. Uh, how do you think they're going to do the oxygen tanks this year with the mass, the whole COVID going around? Uh, because somebody always is there sanitizing. Will they bring extra tanks in just for that purpose? How do I think they're going to? Well, I, I, I think they're going to do it the best they can. I know some of the guys are you know against wearing the face shields because they, they can't hear as well. And um, – and, and I heard that it's some kind of reflection on the shield as well, you know, a little bit of light and stuff like that. So we'll have to see how long that lasts, if some of the guys are trying to, you know, pop those things out of there or not. But, um, you know, it's, it's going to be a process, you know, as far as, um, you know, trying to sanitize and, and 
do what they need to do to stay safe. But as the season goes on and if everybody stays healthy, uh, I'm sure uh, things will slack off a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, you know know how it is. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think things will get back to normal eventually. Have you ever tried to play with the shield and what's the challenge of playing with that? Because some players like it, some players don't. Well, I, I, I've never played with the shield, but um, you know, some, sometimes, like I said, it depends on how much you, you use your eyes and how much you know uh, you you depend on that vision. And if any of that alters your vision, like I said, with uh, some of the you know the sun reflection and things like that into your eyes, or um, you know maybe even breathing, you know, getting that air into your um, into your lungs after a long run down the field, especially being a defense back because we run all the time. We're not like receivers and come off the field in between plays. <laughs> so <laughs> so we, we just keep going and we got to have that air coming in. And uh, that could be tough if, if it's not allowing the air to flow. They always say the difference between a wide receiver and a cornerback is a cornerback necessarily can't catch. You believe that or you think that's uh... – Bullspit as, as, as a bunch of bullspit. Okay. <laughs> receivers, they they soft. They can't tackle. They you know they don't want they don't want to do that dirty work. You know they just want to run downfield. You know look pretty, catch the ball, and oh. and, com- and complain when we make a play. That's right. all they do. Talk trash. <laughs> you know all, they're always interfered with. They're always open. We know stories. Always open. Uh, all right. Always. I think Ricky is the first one to ever call me optimistic. Laugh out loud. Johnny Dean says Madden sucks. You play games in the dirt, not on the couch. Okay, well, I like Madden, all right? And and I'm up there in age myself, so necessarily I can't go out there and play football right now. Nobody can do anything right now. We're in a damn pandemic. Uh, I'm late, but you did you guys see Gronk mic'd up, look good, but, man, he was huffing and puffing. Uh, that was mentioned. Can he get into uh, that shape? I mean, is he getting to that shape? He looks good. He looks great. Uh, just Coach Arians mentioned this uh, last week that he definitely he definitely was not in uh, Florida. Um, he, he wasn't in Florida shape. Then it's different. It's it's Florida weather is definitely different. Um, but he'll he'll be okay. I'm not worried about him at all. Once once the games start, and I mean you have three strong tight ends, he's not going to be out there every single snap. You know, uh, they'll platoon him. You know, and he won't have a problem when he's out there. He'll be fresh and be ready to go. All right. He's always fresh and ready to go here on the evolution of sports talk television on Thursday nights. That's Ricky Reynolds, former bucks corner, Pat's corner. Thanks a lot for your time here. All right. All right. Thank you. Have a good night. Yep. See you next week. There you go. Always learn something from the great Ricky Reynolds. And if he didn't learn something, well, I don't know what to tell you, but open phone line, of course, 727-255-0391 and 727-255-0391. 391 going through the agent process going through some of the defenses and how he would defend those big wide receivers let's go out to our next guest here uh mr tj pittinger of the big three roll up welcome to the evolution of sports talk television my friend how you doing tonight i'm good how are you doing doing good just got a chance to talk to ricky reynolds once again and kind of picking his brain on how you would defend uh, uh, Drew Brees and, of course, those wide receivers. And that's going to be the big-time challenge because we look at the secondary. Uh, there are some question marks. You have an Antoine Winfield who's competing for a job. You have some young guys in that back end. But, TJ, I've always gone out and said this. 
even though they're not necessarily the big names, they have a lot of potential, especially all those three corners and a Jamal Dean, a Sean Murphy bunting, and of course, a Carlton Davis. Yeah, I mean, I think the best way to defend them is just to pray hard that Breeze is off, right? Like when Breeze is on, um, it doesn't matter what defense he's going up against. It, you know, you remember that the Vikings had a great defense years ago. Like different teams in the division have had great defenses and um, you know, Drew Brees is, has just absolutely lit them up. I mean, he's a top five, ten-ish quarterback of of all time. I mean, you know, and and so we talk about Brady being the greatest of all time, and he certainly is. But you know, Brees is really, really good too. And so it's it's can those young guys uh, gel together? Can there be that communication? Um, playing on the road is is definitely strange. It probably isn't going to be the intimidating atmosphere that it typically is, because um, I would assume there are. Uh, restricted crowd sizes uh, in New Orleans, in Louisiana for the games, and in really all NFL stadiums. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, you, you pray that Breeze is a little bit off. You pray that you get a little pressure. Um, he usually makes good decisions. I heard you talking with Ricky about uh, Brady throwing the ball away. I think Breeze does the same thing. Breeze doesn't make a lot of mistakes, doesn't have a lot of turnovers year after year. If you can get um, – the Bucks have gotten to him in the past, and they have forced turnovers – but I mean, if you can just get him to throw the ball away, I mean, a lot of times that's a win, you know, even if you're you're not forcing turnovers. So getting pressure on him, good communication in that back end, and then you know it, it doesn't hurt for him to be off a little bit. That's probably the 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 best <laughs> the best scenario. So then riddle me this, Batman. If that's all true about uh, Brady throwing the ball away, then why is Diana Rossini coming out and saying the Bucks have no chance to make the playoffs this year? Last year, I, I looked at some of the stats because I heard you ask that. Um, last year, Brady had some off games, you know, and and Brady had a, a game against the Giants where he threw no touchdowns in one pick. He had a game against Philadelphia where he threw no touchdowns. He had a game against Buffalo where he only threw one touchdown. He had a game against the Jets where he only threw one touchdown. He had another game against Buffalo where he threw no touchdowns in one pick. And their running game was able to – like they were able to to defense and running was able to carry him, right? When he threw no touchdowns against the Bills, they held – the Patriots held the Bills to 10 points. When he threw uh, one touchdown against Dallas, they won 13-9. to When he threw no touchdowns against Philly, the defense held them to 10 points. And so Brady – the most touchdowns he threw in a game last year was three. Uh, Winston's highest was five. And so Brady's not turning the ball over, but he just didn't have the production that uh, that I think we're going to need. And so I don't know if she's just not as confident in Brady as she is our running game and our defense to, to carry the team. Now, I do think Brady's production will be up a little bit because of the, the weapons that he has. But Brady's never had – I mean, you know, the, the season with Moss and when he really had the tight ends grooving – I mean, he did have some weapons there, but he's never had weapons like this. And so you would think the production's up a little bit, but I mean, Brady showed signs of slipping last year. And so does the does another year um, combat it? You know, does does the negatives of another year older combat it, combat it with the positives of the weapons improving? Uh, he can't go out and throw no touchdowns, right? Because we don't have the running game to, to support that. Sure. You know, and I, I don't think we have the defense to say we're going to hold – teams in our division to 10 points. You know, the Falcons have been 
you know, a mess, they're going to score more than 10. You know, the Saints are going to score more than 10. And so you don't get to go up against the Dolphins and the Jets and the Bills who have putrid offenses. And so I like the Bucs to win more than eight games. I don't I don't agree with her on that. But, I mean, I, I guess I understand the logic. And maybe it's, again, not so much doubting Brady as it is I mean, Brady's slipping a little bit. He's getting older. I mean, he's the greatest of all time, but he's certainly, you know, not getting any younger, not getting any more spry. Can the rest of the team around him be be great? And that's really the biggest question to me. I, I still have us winning more than eight. I think we make the playoffs, but I'm probably not too shocked if, if we don't. And again, I'm probably not blaming that on Brady. It's probably the pieces around him. Yeah, the, what she was also saying, we're on with TJ Pittenshire of the Big Three Roll-Up, of course. Double fries, no slaw, a new podcast he has with uh, former Florida State Seminole Freddie Stevenson, right? Go ahead and yeah. talk about that real quick. Yeah, so a buddy of mine, Richie Barnes, and uh, Freddie Stevenson started a podcast, uh, I think it's been four weeks now, um, that we've been doing shows. We've done seven or eight episodes, uh, and we've had a lot of fun with it. We've had some We've had some fun guests on. Uh, Double Fries, No Slaw is, is kind of an homage to Guthrie's in Tallahassee. There's, there's one here in Tampa. Somebody asked last week where it was. I'll give them a little plug. It's just south of uh, – just south of – Dale Mabry, I'm sorry, just south of Gandy on Dale Mabry. Um, great spot, chicken tenders, fries, double fries, no slaw is the name just because why would you order coleslaw when you could get double fries for no upcharge? Exactly. Um, dealing with mostly Florida State athletics, um, covering the Knolls, talking a little bit of national football as well. Uh, but we've had a good time with it. You can find it anywhere, um, you know, YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, uh, iTunes, Spotify, wherever, Double Fries, No Slaw. Um, and we've had a good time with it. But former fullback Freddie Stevenson, national champion uh, in 2013 and uh, never lost to the Canes or Gators. So I like to get that little plug in there when we can. Absolutely. You always got to get that plug in there. And, of course, you got to get the plug, Double Fries, No Slaw, because nobody wants coleslaw, okay? It's worthless. It is. It's like corn and peas. I cheated this weekend though. I went to so you're down in you're 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 kind of south of yeah. where I'm at, but I'm up north. I went to a place called Sam's this weekend, uh, fish place right on the water in Hudson. I know and, exactly um, where it's at. Know exactly um, where it's at. Yep. Amazing. Okay. Right on the water. They had a mango jalapeno coleslaw. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna give it a try. It had more mangoes and jalapenos in it than cabbage. And so it was fantastic because Mangoes are great. Jalapenos are great. You get your sweet and you get your uh, spicy. Perfect combination. If you put mangoes and jalapenos, if you disguise coleslaw so much by putting that much flavor into it, it's it's good. So I will say I, I enjoyed some coleslaw uh, this weekend. So I guess I cheated on the on the podcast. I gotta well, that's okay. That's all right. I gotta ask you though. It's okay to cheat sometime. Just have one day. Don't cheat all the time. Like some right. people out there uh, with everything going on uh, with COVID. Uh, yeah, I mean, your favorite football food, because we were talking to Stank Bastard of the Bucking Idiots and uh, Loose Cannons, and he was saying, you know, what's your favorite football food? And I have to say chicken wings. Yeah. Is, is that the number one favorite? And how do you like the wings? Is the, Are the wings medium? Are they mild? Are they wet? Or are they dry? And what do all you have? All of the above. Okay. Absolutely all of the above. So I feel like we. my wife probably gets so sick of, of chicken wings. I have so many different ways that I make them. Sometimes I'll put them on the smoker and let them slow cook for two hours. Sometimes I do them in the air fryer. There are times I do them in the air fryer and then throw them in the grill, throw them on the grill to like, um, um, 
crisp them up, put a little barbecue sauce on them and crisp them up. Oh. I do I do buffalo. We do dry rubs. I've got a bourbon molasses rub that I put on them. Um, we do lemon pepper. I do lemon pepper mixed with hot sauce. So it's like, you know, you get the you get the good flavor and the wet wings. So like the answer to the question is yes. Every kind of way that I mean, I've done them breaded. I've done I've pulled out the the big turkey air or the big turkey fryer that I use on Thanksgiving and thrown them in there. I've done wings every single way that you can imagine. Um, and then I like all of the, I mean, I, I like every single place that you can get wings around here, uh, in Tampa. I like Hooters. I like wing house. I like Buffalo wild wings. I like beefs. Uh, I, I am just all in on the wings. So yes, the answer to how I like the wings is just all of the above. Well, we're doing some watch parties at the deck, uh, Isla de Sol and, uh, St. Pete phenomenal wings had yeah. blue cheese with a celery, you know, simple, very good meat, yeah. you know, not too, not too saucy, little saucy, but man, they're really good. We have to get you out there in our watch parties, of course. Absolutely. Uh, sponsor doing pre half and post game editions of the sports web while the bucks game is going on. And again, what you're watching is the evolution of sports talk television. It's the sports web. I'm your host, Peter Blake, along with TJ Pittenger of the big, Three roll up, and of course, newest podcast, Double Fries, no slaw. Talking about food here, that's okay. Uh, going back to Rossini and her uh, reasoning of why she thinks the Bucks are not going to make the playoffs. She said Bruce Arians' offense, a lot of quarterbacks take a lot of hits. Of course, going back to Jameis Winston throwing the ball over six hundred times. But my thought is because of Brady and his propensity to get rid of the ball quicker, that offensive line and those hits are going to be alleviated. And then on top of it, she says he doesn't really fit because Arians likes to go downfield and Brady likes to throw away the ball. In fact, he threw the ball away 33 times. To me, that's a positive instead of a negative. Yeah, it is. I, I think so. I think that that's kind of the – I've got a couple of thoughts on that, but Brady does a much better job of throwing the ball away um, than Winston does, obviously. Right, thirty-three throwaways versus thirty interceptions. <laughs> so, um, the the problem, or you know, what you kind of run into is on a third and long, on a a third and must convert. Other than field position, what's the difference between a a throwaway and interception? If Jameis throws a interception thirty yards down the field and just it's just an arm punt versus Brady spiking the ball on the ground, and we're still giving the ball away. Field position is important. I understand that. So what's interesting or what you you know, you know, kind of have to look into the deeper analytics of, which I don't have, right? I didn't know this question was coming. Mm -hmm. You have to look kind of in the deeper analytics of what those interceptions and what those throwaways resulted in. A throwaway on first down is no big deal, right? A throwaway on third down where you had to have a conversion in the fourth quarter is a massive deal, right? An interception when you're down three scores doesn't matter. An interception when you're driving to tie the game up at the end of the game does matter. And so I don't have the analytical answers on that, but just to use a, a blank stat of 33 throwaways, I mean, it is kind of dumb to me because, again, I, until you kind of see what those throwaways really were or when they happened. Now, if they all came on third and long and third and must convert, then, yeah, they're, they're a big problem. But it, it's tough to really know that. I do think that getting hit – factor is is a big deal um there were times last year that Jameis threw interceptions um that were 
due to pressure, but there were also times that Jameis escaped sacks and, and got out of pressure, um, you know, that should would have been a sack or a throwaway by Brady, right? And so not always. Jameis is just kind of the guy that's always going to try and make a play, but Brady's not escaping or evading many sacks this year, right? He's crafty enough to probably get out of a couple. Um, but, I mean, Brady was sacked – 27 times last year, if I remember correctly. Jameis yep. was sacked 47 times. Uh, they talk about Jameis holding on to the ball a lot longer. Jameis, on average, held on to the ball one-tenth of a second longer than Brady. Um, so I'm not buying the fact that he holds on to the ball longer th- than Brady does. Uh, on an average throwback, it's like 3.6 and 3.7 seconds between the two. So, you know, Brady makes better decisions from a throw-the-ball-away standpoint, um, but – you know, I, I do think that him getting hit a lot is, you know, potentially problematic. At the end of the day, they had very they had very similar numbers minus the minus, you know, on a lot of things, minus the interceptions. You know, they both threw 60% lot. Brady was 68, 60.8, Jameis was 60.7. You know, they they both had around the same number of passes. Jameis threw 626 times and Brady threw 613 times. So, you know, Brady can throw the ball 600 times. He's going to probably complete about the same number of passes. He's going to have probably less touchdowns, probably less, definitely less interceptions. But yeah, I I don't think he can take 47 hits. Yeah. Well, 47 sacks. I mean, that that's James probably took a hundred hits, you know? So that's, I don't even remember what the question was. I rambled for so long now, but yeah, I think he's got to, we've got to keep him upright. For well, sure. it's, it's a product of the offense, and that's what everybody wants to see. That that was her point, and I feel like you're also going to change that offense to uh, use the strengths of a Brady. You're not necessarily going to run just a Bruce Arians offense. I feel like there's going to have some tweaks in there to what Brady does well uh, with the Patriots in the past. Let's go out to Joshua Cole Allen, one of our uh, camp correspondents, or our camp correspondent. He says, for everyone excited about Rojo this year, or anyone who is unsure, this comment from LaShawn McCoy should get you hyped or assure you. Ronald Jones is one of the most talented guys I've seen in a long time. This coming from McCoy, who, by the way, uh, besides Adrian Peterson since 2009, is right up there in every rushing category. So your thoughts on McCoy and to me, I'm kind of shocked because I never saw McCoy being this type of leader. I knew that he was going to go into that running back room and be able to work with those young running backs. But it certainly seems like not only is he not Shady McCoy, it seems like he's more of a difference maker at this point, uh, being a third down guy, but also a veteran leader, which this Buccaneer team may have needed and now they got. Yeah, I think sometimes, you know, Pressure and a new situation forces guys into uh, roles that they probably weren't expected to to have, and um, forces them into roles that we didn't expect them to ever, you know, that they didn't expect for themselves, and that we didn't expect for them, right? But you look at you know the Bucks roster and the way it's composed, they need that leadership, right? Like in that in that running back room, it's a very young room. Um, McCoy is that that elder statesman. And then you look at the quarterback that he's playing under. I mean, Brady doesn't, and not that necessarily the Jameis did, but, you know, Brady doesn't tolerate any kind of crap, you know? Like, Brady's, Brady's probably counting on him to be that guy, right? I'm mm-hmm. sure he's counting on Gronk the same way to lead those 
uh, tight ends and to lead the the different blocking schemes, stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I'm not sure that I would have picked that. I'm not sure that I would have said like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure that McCoy will come in and be a great leader for the team. And, but I, I'm not shocked by it because I think that Brady demands it. Arians demands it. I think it's just, you know, what uh, the role that he's been forced into. Like, hey, you're coming to Tampa. You're going to lead this running back room, um, you know, from a leadership perspective. And so, yeah, I'm 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 glad that he is, you know, because I didn't really know what to expect with him coming in. I obviously still don't really know exactly what the role in the field will look like, but but I like it a lot. Yeah, I do too. And I tell you right now, he also goes on to say McCoy uh, says that the communication communication, excuse me, if I can talk between Brady and the running backs on specific plays, he'll say run this route or get to the first down and let you know he's going to you. So once again. You know, we talk about Ronald Jones and Keyshawn Vaughn and, of course, McCoy, how important they are to this offense, not only running style, but also catching the passes because Brady has been known once again to throw the ball a lot to his running backs. He's always had really good running back, you know, pass catching running backs, right? Like if you're in a PPR league, Mm -hmm. it's always a good thing to have a a Tom Brady running back back there. What's tough sometimes is that they've got four of them, you know, at any given point in New England. And so it could go to anybody. McCoy is the answer for this one, right? Like McCoy is the one that's going to get the tub ball passes. And uh, I think that's also a product of not having great, great wide receivers. Like he wasn't dumping the ball off to a running back the years that he had Randy Moss on the team, right? So I don't know if our pass catching, uh, you know, I don't know if dumping the ball off to the running backs is going to be something we see as much this year, just because the talent out at wide out and tight end everywhere else is so, so high. Um, I think it'll be still an option there, but there's no way that guys can, that teams can cover, you know, Evans, Godwin, Gronk, Brait slash Howard, somebody in the slot. Like, there's just no way, right? So if the offensive line isn't good, I think you may see more of that screenplay, more of that dump off passes, swing passes to McCoy. But I mean, as good as McCoy is as a pass catching back, he's still like our fifth option to to throw the ball to. Right. Exactly. I can see those numbers being down in a good way, right? Like, you know, it's down because we're lighting up the field with the, you know, best weapons in football. No, absolutely. And you talk about the wide receivers. Who do you think is the number one or the favorite target of Brady? Is it Evans? Is it Godwin? Is it a Scotty Miller? Scotty does know, and he's come out of nowhere. And of course it's been because of the injury to a Tyler Johnson, fifth round pick out of Minnesota. And also, you know, Justin Watson being in that competition, first and foremost, who do you think is his number one target? And then are you surprised by Scotty Miller uh, in his uh, his uh, his rapid, if you will, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Development yeah. as a wide receiver. So, uh, you know, I know there are a lot, a lot of Godwin fans out there, and I'm a huge Godwin fan. I think he was fantastic last year. Mike Evans is the best weapon on this team and it's it's undoubted what he can do from a physical standpoint uh, the way that he can manhandle defensive backs and dominate them is unlike anything else he also demands the best coverage on the other team every single time right so godwin most plays last year got to go up against the second best cornerback or best coverage guy on the team right so Evans is the best, right? Like, so, you know, you you put the second best coverage guy on Evans for the entire season and he goes for 2,000 yards, right? Like, it's just <laughs> uh, it's just ungodly. Um, 
So Evans is the number one target, without question, in a in an all things being equal. But if Evans is double teamed or Evans has the best defender on him, I think you could see it be Godwin. I think the best thing about Brady is that he – I don't know that he's going to have a number one target. He's so smart, and he uses like five, eight white guys, you know, that – you know, don't even look like they're athletic or wide receivers or whatever. And he'll throw the ball to them. Like, who cares? So I think that Brady will just use absolutely anybody and everybody. Sorry to my white wide receivers out there that, that may be watching. But just the most <laughs> unathletic looking, you know, nobody. Like, I feel like Brady can make me look like a competent wide receiver, you know. And I haven't got this couch all of quarantine. So anyway, I, I think that, uh, you know, I think that Evans is number one target. Obviously, Godwin's just right behind him because then Godwin's going up against a, a second tier, you know, maybe not a second tier, but like the second best cornerback. But I think Brady's just going to spread the love so much. I'm not surprised with Sky Johnson. The Bucks do a great job with just finding these guys, you know, um, at the wide receiver position. That That's one place that we continue to hit on. Um, and so, no, I'm I'm not super surprised there. I wish that you know we we drafted everywhere as well as we do there. So, yeah, it's not not terribly surprising to me at all. What do you make of the Chris Godwin situation? I, I want you to speculate a little bit. Is this a disciplinarian thing? Is this a health thing? Why was he out of practice for two days? And then when Coach Arians is asked about it, it's for me to know and for you to never find. I don't know what to make of it because Godwin, you don't think he's the bad guy off the field. He seems like he's coachable. Uh, he's pretty healthy besides the hamstring injury late in the season. So in your opinion, what could it be? I mean, I think you hit it on the head. And I mean, I'd just be to totally taking a guess with what it is. Um, yeah, obviously coaches have to be very, very careful with, um, you know, some medical stuff just because of HIPAA laws. And if it's like a COVID related thing, I mean, who knows? You also don't want to throw a guy completely under the bus. If he's, if it's a discipline thing, like he went out when he wasn't supposed to, uh, I mean, I really have no idea other than just taking a complete guess. Uh, you know, it's like, I, I don't want to wish for it to be a medical thing and, and I really don't want to wish for it to be the other. So like, I, I don't know. I mean, hopefully it was just something very minor. Um, you know, it doesn't shock me that Bruce would, would, you know, again, it's for me to know and for you to never find out. Uh, eventually, most stuff leaks. So, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see uh, as time goes on. But I I don't know. Hopefully, it's just kind of much ado about nothing. We get him back on the field and just kind of keep going like like nothing ever came up. All right. We're on with TJ Pittenger of the Big Three Roll-Up. Of course, new podcast there, Fries, Double Fries with No Slaw on the Evolution of Sports Talk Television. It's the Sports Web I'm your host, Peter Blake, giving you something to think about. Now, you spoke about how this team can find wide receivers. It doesn't seem like it transcends or translates, if you will, with finding a kicker. It seems like we have a kicking competition here. You look at some of these comments from Keith Armstrong, the special teams coach, and they're very telling. Of course, Bruce Arians had his own comments. I think the competition is close. I think it's real close. I think with you know, Matt, the thing learned is that he got to learn to he's got to learn to be consistent. That's what we're looking for. And that's hard to do. That's what wins. And he he's got to learn to be more consistent. Again, this is what he says. When I come away from last year, you can't make a 60 yarder and miss a 45 yarder. You've got to learn to be more consistent. Yeah, uh, they all count. They count for three points. But it's three, and it's there. We need it, and we want it coming away. That's what I think I learned from that. The competition is really tight. 
Uh, both have good legs, and Elliot Fry is giving him a run for his money. The co the competing, they're competing back and forth, and it's a good competition. Matt Gay, fifth round pick, they invested in him. Uh, Jason Light has uh, taken a beating on drafting kickers and uh, Roberto Aguayo and the Matt Gay last year. Uh, Gay was 21 for 29 from 40. Uh, not good at all. And, you know, 77%. So not very good last year. Had some rough spots. Missed the Giants kick, but after that goes 17 for 18. And then missed some quality kicks and some big-time games. How do you feel about this kicking competition? And do you feel like it's realistic to expect a Fry to really push him and, and possibly push him out because – even though he has a strong leg and he's able to make 60 yarders and maybe 55 yarders, it goes back to what Coach Arians and Armstrong said. We're not going to try a long kick until uh, before the half, at the end of the half. We need guys that can make 40, 30 to 40 yard field goals consistently. Do you think that could be Matt Gay's undoing? Yeah, I mean, I, I do. And I'm telling you, man, the, the kicking on this team has frustrated me for years. We, uh, we had Anthony Becht on the podcast, tight end, for a few years. Actually won two divisions, I guess, with us. But um, Good get. He was he was a ton of fun. He was really great to listen to. He talked about that Matt Bryant kick um, that went 62 yards. Matt Bryant wasn't amazing for us. I mean, he was just kind of league average, and then he went to Atlanta and was just fantastic, which obviously kicking in a dome helps a ton. Um but I mean, I liked Matt. I liked obviously, you know, Martin uh, back in the day. Outside of that, man, our kickers have frustrated me for years. Like you talked about he missed the Giants' kick. Um, Arians gets a little bit of the blame for that. Actually, it's a lot of the bit of the blame for that taking the taking the five yard penalty. Um, so that's a little frustrating there for sure. Because um, I I think that's actually good from for five yards closer. But either way, it should have been good. And then he missed his two kicks in that Falcons game in the second oh. half when we've got a, a six-point lead. Um, could have made that a two-score game. We never go to overtime there. That that um, We either win or lose that game in regulation, right, with a nine-point lead. Yeah. Uh, probably win. But, yeah. you know, the Falcons aren't kicking three field goals late. So um, frustrating for sure. I think kicking – I've talked about this on the show before. We lost uh, – we threw 30 picks and had a myriad of fumbles – and we really should have been nine and seven if, if the kicking was just, you know, making kicks you, you should make, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah, the kicking is absolutely so frustrating. It's got to get better this year. That's one of the things, like you, you predict the Bucks to go to get better. Brady may throw 25 touchdowns and four picks. And if we miss three kicks, I mean, we are going eight and eight. You know, yeah. we are our three, you know, big kicks like last year. We are going seven and nine, eight and eight, nine and seven. And so, it's got to improve. It's got to get better. You know, I don't know who wins the the job. I'm not confident in gay. I'm not confident in really anybody. So I don't know. I just kind of throw my hands up and, and pray hard. The same prayer I'm sending up for breeze to have bad games against us is every single time the, the, the kicker um, <laughs> lines up for extra points for everything with this team. You know, it, it's just, I, I'm trying to be somewhat like cautiously optimistic about the team. Hey, if Brady plays well, the offensive line gets a little better, defensive back gets better. I know our our, our front seven, and I know our wide receivers are great. Let's let, kicking it frustrates the heck out of me. So I, uh, it's a Florida yeah, State I'm, thing too. I mean, it, it's all the the nightmares of wide right and wide left. I know you don't want to say it, but 
God, you just I feel like I'm watching it over and over again, except it's with the Bucks. So I can't take any more missed kicks. I would just say this. If you have to depend on a kick, go for it on fourth down or score more touchdowns. That's it. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, that's just that easy, right? Yeah. I mean, you even talk about Florida State. Florida State has had great, great kickers, right? Like, yeah. I mean, Aguayo was fantastic there. Sebastian Janikowski was great. Graham Gano played in the NFL for years. Um Dustin Hopkins played in the NFL for years. Great kicker. And even, you know, Bentley was a first, you know, back in 93 was amazing. Um, you know, won us the first title. And still, with all of that, Florida State now doesn't have a kicker and has missed so many massive kicks that it's not even funny. So, yeah, my teams are just kind of cursed in that, in that regard for sure. It goes back to 91, doesn't it? Always oh. Unfortunately, I was – Pretty young there. I won't tell you how young. So I don't really remember that, but it's frustrating to watch the replay of it, I guess. You're probably as young as me. Probably as young as me. And I remember it because I bet my coach and I bet people at school. And of course, I lost the bet as I sometimes do. So I don't really try to bet on games anymore. No. But uh, yeah, I was just, you, you think it's good. You see Bobby Bowden, the, the moment I was seeing. And then he looks up. He looks up <laughs> and goes, Oh man, my dog just died. I mean, what the yeah. hell? Happened? I was just, I, and then it happened, I think, the next year it yeah. went the other direction. So, uh, yeah, bad memories. Bad, bad memories there. Terrible. Along with TJ Pittenger, a uh, masochistic uh, Florida State fan here, of course, to the big <laughs> three roll-up. I'm with you on this, buddy. Uh, of course, Double Fries, No Slaw, new podcast on the evolution of sports talk television. Final question. I asked Ricky, I asked Al this. And they said, no, I don't play Madden because I have a woman. I, 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 I'm more interested in that. Do you play Madden or not? I don't. Oh, but, but, but I see, I knew I was going to try and answer fast because I knew you were gonna, I play a lot, a lot of NCAA 14 on my Xbox 360. So I just prefer the feel of that college game as opposed to Madden, which I think is kind of stale. Like I, I feel like they haven't Madden hasn't done anything to change. I feel like for years now, for years, Madden was like, they'd put the, um, you know, the, the, the quarterback passing cone and like, they just do little things to improve the game every year. Madden is the same exact thing every single year over and over and over again. I just think it's stale. Um, so I just play NCAA. So I do play, a football video game a lot. I play probably three or four times a week, maybe more. Um, and I have a wife and two kids too, but I just play after they go to bed. So I just like pour an old fashioned and play, but so I don't play Madden much. I did play my buddy in Madden the other day. Cause he just had a, you know, a newer system that didn't have the NCAA game. I don't play it a ton. I play NCAA a lot. So I'm, I'm kind of there with you on the video games. Just don't play Madden specifically. Let's talk some college football. Let's go back to that game. Do you feel like NCAA football will be remade again once they figure out how to pay athletes, or is it dead and gone and you're still playing 14? Well, uh, the year, the the one with 14 is, you know, essentially the the 2013 FSU roster. So I'm good if they never come out with a new one. <laughs> you know, I'm playing with the one, you know, until LSU this year. I'm playing with the roster that scored the most points in NCAA history, the most prolific offense of all time. And honestly, the most prolific offense of all time minus a game. LSU broke the record this year because they got to play the 15th game. Florida State did it in 14. So yep. I'll still kind of hang my hat on the fact that Florida State's offense was better, averaged more points a game than 
uh, Oklahoma, I'm sorry, than LSU's did this year. So I'm good if they just leave 14. Like, that's totally fine. Uh, I think eventually they will come out with a new um, NCAA game. I think that, you know, I, I think the whole paying players discussion is one that's incredibly difficult. That doesn't mean it shouldn't be visited because I think they should somehow be paid. Uh, it's incredibly difficult to um, – you know, figure out doesn't mean again that it shouldn't be visited. I do think that the fact that players in a lot of states can now start to profit off their likeness, Florida, California, different states uh, have passed that eventually all 50 will, I would think. Um, so I think that pay- players being able to capitalize off that helps a little bit. What's tough is like, even with that, like how do you end up paying every single college athlete you know, uh, I mean, what are you going to give them? Five bucks? Each? I mean, that's a lot of people. These rosters have 85 people on them. There's 120 teams. I don't know the quick math on that, but it seems like a lot. Um, so, I, you know, I, I don't know how they end up doing that. But, yeah, I think eventually we get it back. You know, three, four years, five years, tops. You know, you can write it, mark the tape and say five years from now we'll have it back. Five years. So there we go. We have to wait five years. And of course, that would coincide with, I believe, the NFL's contract with Madden. The fun thing is that you could always take that roster for an NCAA and download it into Madden and use that team or use those players yeah. to play with that draft class. So, uh, yeah. So anything change on the college football front? Are we full steam ahead with the ACC and SEC? Yeah, I feel good. I mean, there's a game Saturday night, right? Like uh, Austin Pay and uh, Central Arkansas play 9 p.m. on Saturday night. Uh, with all this other stuff, man, I, it's kind of bad timing. There was going to be no – like, so my Lakers are looking much better. Um, the Lightning are, are looking great um, after their kind of couple of wins. Back-to-back, obviously, that 7-1 to beatdown was fantastic. Um, and I, I, mean, I hate Boston and everything. Because even like, you know, we have the rivalries with Boston, but – I mean, I'm a Lakers fan too, so I hate the Celtics. So I, I just – anytime Boston gets their heads beaten like that is great. But th- nobody was playing Saturday night. And so um, the fact that now that ge- that everybody's kind of boycotting and they're moving games back and back and back, probably going to be like a Lightning or a Lakers game on Saturday night, and I'm going to have to not be able to watch football. But there's football this weekend. Uh, NC State moved their first game. They basically flipped it two weeks back, so they're not starting on the fourth like everybody else is. Uh, or the fourth or fifth, whatever that weekend that that Saturday that you know Florida State everybody's starting. Um, mm-hmm. They moved it back a week due to some outbreaks, um, but they are playing that next week. So like the the twelfth, I believe, is the the weekend they're playing. Um, so you know, NC State has a little hiccup. I haven't really heard anything else. Florida hasn't had anyone test positive since like mid July. Uh, Miami's done a very good job. Florida State's had a couple of positives, quarantined, moved on. So. You haven't heard about major outbreaks. Clemson had a massive outbreak like early, early in the summer. They're doing well. So your major programs are, are doing well with it. You're always going to have a couple of outbreaks here or there. You quarantine, get better, keep testing. I saw a development the other just today that uh, a lot of these programs are buying into a new $5 test that gives results in 15 minutes, makes testing much more affordable, makes it much easier to um, do mass quantity testing more mm-hmm. often which just protects these players' safety and obviously protects, less importantly, but protects the football season as well. So um, maybe the Big Ten should have waited a couple of weeks to see that come out first, but, that you know, screw them anyway. So I'm going to have my little ode to Blake Rufino. Exactly. There you go. Big uh, Big Ten and, of course, the uh, Pac-12. 
canceling their seasons and it looks like they're not coming back. They're going to play in the spring. It'll be interesting to watch the SEC and ACC because, look, at the end of the day, that's really where your college football fans are definitely going to focus on, especially the SEC. Once again, TJ Pittenger of the Big Three Roll-Up. Go ahead and promote yourself and promote these podcasts because they're great listens. And, of course, having Anthony Becht on, I mean, he's he's always a good get. He was he was a ton of fun. He he told some good stories. He had some good insight on um, on uh, Brady and the Bucks and stuff. Some talked about a little bit of his playing time here. Um, talked a little bit about Winston, obviously in New Orleans, kind of what his thoughts and, and what he sees there, and then wrapped up with some with a, some FSU talk, of course. Um, yeah, Big Three Roll Up is a is a podcast that a couple of buddies of mine started, and I got in pretty early with them. Covers the big three in the state of Florida, uh, Florida State, Florida, and Miami. Um, and then just kind of, you know, all other college football and and how it relates there. Big big in recruiting and stuff. So if you're really kind of an in-depth fan, um, check the big three roll-up out. And then I work with Double Fries No Slaw, um, kind of a Florida State spinoff from that show with my buddy Richie Barnes in 2013 National Championship, uh, FSU fullback Freddie Stevenson. Have a great time with those guys. And so, you know, enjoy – uh, enjoy those. Enjoy talking with you guys weekly. And um, not yeah. like sports. I'm glad that football's coming back. I'm glad, you know, knock on wood, we don't have any delays. Nothing comes up. But, um, uh, you know, I think I'm enjoying it now. Just wait a couple of weeks when we've got real stuff to talk about. It'll be more fun. So I appreciate yeah. you guys for having me on always. Absolutely. Always enjoy the uh, time here with you, TJ. And thanks for your time here on the Evolution of Sports Talk Television. All right. Thanks, brother. You have a good one. All right, you too. There you go. So, like I said, man, good stuff from him. It's all positive for me, right? 16 days. Guys, 16 days. Wake up. We're almost there. This this offseason, I, I believe, has been one of the longest offseasons out there. Honestly, it really has, in my opinion. It's been exciting. We've been negative. We've been optimistic. We've been pessimistic. We've been crazy. We've been silent. Phone lines are silent tonight. I have no idea why. We got some calls before. 727-255-0391. It's 727-255-0391. It's the Sports Web. I'm your host, Peter Blake, giving you something to think about. Let's go out to these phone or excuse me, to the webheads. Uh, what's up, guys? Says Joshua Allen. Uh, Brady has no line of receivers last year. I think that's a point that you can make. We've made it on this show. Second half of the year, 57% completion percentage, 11 touchdowns, four interceptions. Will you take that, Bucks fans? I would. I think it goes up. I think you have to remake the offense around Brady. You're going to put some things in there. You're going to come to a compromise. Right? When we started the whole conversation about Brady leaving the New England Patriots, it was about a relationship that's gone stale. The Patriots organization, they take him for granted. He moves on. He got wooed. He got wined and dined by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bruce Arians is whispering in his ear, you come here, I got two, three, four wide receivers for you. I got a tight end. Couple tight ends there for you. OJ Howard, Cameron Bray. We'll bring your guy down here, Rob Gronkowski. We got a defense that's playing well. What did Coach Arian say? Can win with any quarterback with that defense. Paraphrasing. That's how much they have belief in that defense getting it done. 
So we'll see. But we've been through it together. This whole process is about uh, to conclude. And it's just the beginning of when the season starts, when we can talk about football. We've talked about football, but I mean the X's and O's. Who did what? And if you want to come out and be a part of a watch party, come out to the Deck Bar and Grill in St. Pete. We'll be out there doing watch parties. Yours truly, Tampa Bay Ray Kennedy. Joshua Cole Allen, one of the hardest working men at Bucks Report. Guy comes on the scene for the two to three months and just is a superstar. Blake Anthony, Philip Schwagler, talked to him the other day. All kinds of guys out there. We'll have you covered. And because of what we've learned through this whole situation off the field in a global pandemic, it's been a good thing, right? We've got to know each other a little bit, haven't we? We'll be able to go out to some of these uh, callers if they're not here or these guests. Send them a link. They don't necessarily have to show up. What we plan to do at the deck is have multiple shots. We're taking the social distancing seriously. I'm not sure if I'm going to wear a mask. I like to not have a mask on, but if we have to, we will. We'll have it all singled out. We'll have multiple shots. We'll have yours truly, somebody else, possibly Tampa Bay Ray Kennedy during the half and post-game show. Or during the pregame, we'll play around. We may have a Ricky Reynolds out there. We may have some other guests out there. So you got to tune in. It's not a radio show. It's not a TV show. It's both. It's the evolution of Sports Talk Television. Join the 65,000 following we have here on Facebook. Of course, live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and a part of the Landry Football Network. Chris Landry, uh, Twitch channel. Uh, Twitch TV at the Chris Landry football. So definitely check that out. 727-255-0391. So we got you covered. Relax. But get excited. Get excited because football is right around the corner. 13 days until the season starts on Thursday night. I don't think I'm going to do a show that night. We'll probably move it. Because I want to watch. Fans or no fans. Which was a big story today. Philadelphia Eagles are not going to have any fans. Are you surprised by that? Do you have a problem with the advantage? It goes back to the story last week. Should Roger Goodell step up and say, well, this team can't have fans, so you can't have fans? What do you think? There's a report from ABC Action News. Tampa Bay Sports Authority is estimating 14,000 fans inside the stadium for Bucks and 10,000 for USF Bulls football games. There will be no fans for the first game with USF against the Citadel. Could they revisit it? Possibly. You would hope so. Being in Florida with the Miami Dolphins coming out, saying they're going to have fans. Do you think Roger Goodell across the board to say no fans. Do you have a problem with having no fans? Do you want to see fans? Are you going to come out to the watch party? Are you going to get on the mic? Are you going to get on the camera? Or are you just going to be silent like you are tonight? 727-255-0391. Thank you very much. Uh, I like the fire. Appreciate you. Uh, Most success stories do not happen overnight, which is why consistency is the key. 
it's going to be the key. Go back to the kicking situation. It's got to be consistent. I like Matt Gay. I want to see him be successful. I do. Because I'm tired of the Bucs losing games with kicks. You lose games over and over again. The Giants game still kills me. I watched it a month ago. I'll probably watch it again. You know why? Because once again, I'm a masochist. There are so many great things to take out of that game. Shaq Barrett's performance. Mike Evans' performance. Even Jameis Winston, who's not a part of the team anymore. I mean, that offense was moving and grooving. And then the second half, the defense collapses. They're not able to make a stop. And it comes down to a field goal. Fair or not, you got to make your kicks. You got to be consistent. I think these comments are telling. We've not only heard from Keith Armstrong, who is the special teams coach, but we heard from Bruce Arians. We don't need a guy with the big leg. We need a guy that's going to be consistent on 30 and 40-yard field goals. That's where your points are. I don't have to tell you when you leave points off the board what happens. Snakes crawling around the grass. You don't cut its head off. It ends up biting you in the ass. Ask the Atlanta Falcons last year. You like that, Bucks fans? You like missing field goals? And giving Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and all their wide receivers opportunities to go down the field, tied up, go to overtime, and then lose it? You like that? Keep on missing field goals. 727-255-0391, 727-255-0391. Got all the potential in the world. Jason Light wouldn't have picked him. He's got a big leg, but he's got to be more consistent. I think he'll pull it off, but I would not be surprised if he's challenged. He's going to be challenged from Elliot Fry. Fry is going to give him everything that he wants. And that's when you take out these comments. Isn't it a shame you don't have preseason football this year? I mean, how many people want to see preseason football? I mean, I never want to see preseason football in my life so bad. Never in my life. I just want to see this competition work out. I want to see these training camp battles. We can't see this. You can tweet about it all day long. I mean, it's like listening to a radio broadcast. Unless that radio broadcaster can storytell, like Gene Deckerhoff, right? He can tell a story. There's guys out there that can paint you that picture all day long. They can paint that picture, but you can't see it. You like to see it. You want to see it. I know there's been many years. I've said four preseason games. Damn. Let's get to the season. Now I'm like after 2020. Damn. I want to see preseason. So, all right, let's go out to the web heads here. The reason I don't play Madden anymore is because I gave my PlayStation to my nephews. Well, I tell you right now, you're a good man. I played my nephew in Madden. First game didn't turn out so well. Actually, I beat him the first game. Second game, he beat me. That's what happens when you get older. Kids start to grow up. Play Madden. Play this. Play that. I'm going to beat you, Uncle Pete. Oh, he did. He got me. So good for you, man. Good stuff. Hopefully, you can get a PlayStation back. Uh, best virtual edits video. What's up? 
Eric Scott, Roger Goodell is not allowed to dictate whether each team can have fans or not. It's a state and team-wide thing. I agree. But it's not like the NFL and Roger Goodell hasn't stepped in it before, right? (laughs) I mean, they step in it all the time. It's like they take the dog and walk him and step in a pile of you-know-what. That is Roger Goodell in the NFL in some cases. Just like this. <laughs> That's what it's like sometimes with Roger Goodell. So good thing it is a statewide thing. Hopefully it is. 14,000, though. Disappointed? Just a little bit. I get I get it. Fans get to go out there and watch them. But damn, 14,000? It could have been 64,000. All right, uh, let's go out to the webheads here. Wholeheartedly agree with the kicking situation. We're talking about kickers. I mean, it's important. I know it may be boring to you, <laughs> but it's important. Bucks fans, how many games have they lost with a field goal situation and not getting it done? How many kickers have they gone through since a Matt Bryant? It's not a good list. It's a bad list. It's a list you don't want to be on. Yeah, best virtual edits video. Both of the kickers suck anyway. Ah, I'm not ready to say that. Come on. Did you have a rough year? 77%, 27 for 35, 21 from 29? Yeah, you definitely got to improve on that. You also got to make those extra points. 43 for 48, not going to get it done. You got to make those extra points. You got to do it. You're leaving points on the board. It's like turnovers. You turn the ball over, more than likely it's going to lead to three to six points. Especially if you put your defense in a hole which doesn't know the defensive system in the first place early because you're learning it. That's not going to work for you. It's not. All right, uh, let's see. I don't care about it. Go for it uh, like the Steelers do. Steelers don't go for every uh, friggin' down. They don't. So I know you care about it because you wrote about it. I hate when somebody says that. I don't care about it. Well, if you don't care about it, then call me on the line or don't write about it. 727-255-0391 at 727-255-0391. It's the Sports Web and the Landry Football Network live on Bucks Report. Murray says, doesn't matter who our kicker is these days. It could be Matt Gay with the Terminator legs with laser pinpoint accuracy would still cringe every kick. I think that's where Bucks fans are at this juncture right? I don't care. Murray, we need to go for two. Yep. And then LFG. So yeah, that's, uh, that's what the kicking situation, how important it is. I'll tell you what we're going to go ahead and do. Uh, let's read this comment here real quick, and then we'll go out to a commercial break. Peter, how do you go back and watch the Giants game? Is the game paid pass still free? It comes on sometimes. I still watch highlights of it. There's highlights out there. You go to YouTube, you Google it. You can definitely find the highlights. But they were on NFL Network for the last month. They were showing a Shaq Barrett game. He went off. I don't care what anybody says. That guy's not a one-hit wonder. He's not. Remember what I said about victim of volume? You could apply the same thing to Barrett. He didn't get that opportunity in Denver. Of course you're not. You're behind Von Miller. And Bradley Chubb, of course you're not going to get the opportunity. He gets the opportunity, what happens? Is he going to be able to duplicate that success in 2020? Everybody's going to know about him now. It's easy when you're unknown, right? You're the underdog. 
But then you become the favorite and you become the guy and everybody knows you then. Everybody knows your name from an old show in the past as I'm aging myself. You get a target on your back. So you think they double team them? Guess what happens? They double team them. Guess who gets more of the sacks this year? JPP, good luck. 727-255-0391 at 727-255-0391. I tell you what, let's go out to this commercial break here from our sponsors, and then we'll come back, take your phone calls, and get some guests on to talk about what you want to talk about on the evolution of Sports Talk Television. Enjoy. Talk television, of course, mycannabiscard.com. Tell them the sports web bucks report and Peter Blake sent you and the deck bar and grill. As I've been going over, we start that on September 13th, but we will have a special edition of the sports web on Sunday, about two o'clock, two 30. We'll see what the start time is, but we're kind of testing some things out, see how you like it. And we'll get the opportunity to really come out there and show people what we have to do. Cause we've done this before we've done it before. Tampa Bay Ray Kennedy is tuned in. He knows. We've been together on this at Ferg's. We knocked it out of the park. What do you think we could do this year? Oh, man. We got a lot of great things for you. So 727-255-0391 and 727-255-0391. Again, 16 days away from football season. I really like these comments from LaShawn McCoy. I don't know about you. I'm shocked. I really am. I'm surprised by a guy who, you know, by all accounts has always had this attitude of, of possibly a diva, right? He's had some off-the-field stuff. He's always been somewhat productive the last couple of years. He's been injury-riddled. But he comes in here, he takes a lesser contract, and it certainly seems like he's the veteran leadership that that running back room needs. And I like what he said about Ronald Jones. I really do. I think that's something you guys need to pay attention to. I've said this over and over and over again, and will continue to say it about Ronald Jones, a victim of volume. You have to get him the ball more. You do. 
You have to get him the ball. And LaShawn McCoy says what? What's he say? One of the most talented running backs that he's seen. That's impressive. Because he's been around for a while. And he's been able uh, to do multiple things. Is he the same running back he used to be? No, of course he's not. He's not the same running back. Talk to callers about this last night. He's not the guy that you're going to give a bell cow runner to. You're not going to give him 20 to 25 carries a game. I can't see it, but I tell you right now, what I can see is a player that can make a difference, not just with his physical capabilities, but his mental. And he's already done that in that running back room. All right, let's go out to the webheads here. Read these comments. I hope they all stay healthy during the scrimmage tomorrow morning. Yes. That the last the next two weeks, the next two Fridays, they are gonna scrimmage at Raymond James Stadium. You excited about it? What are you looking forward to seeing? What's the biggest obstacle? Great question tonight by Taylor Allen, Joshua Cole Allen's wife. She knows her football, by the way. What's the biggest obstacle in your opinion for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2020? What is it? 727-255-0391. It's 727-255-0391. Tuning in from Sydney, Australia, Super Bowl this year or what? Well, Sally, thanks a lot for tuning in to the evolution of sports talk television uh, from down under. I mean, you're the second person that we've had on this show from Australia. Isn't it cool to, to reach out to people? around the world. We've had guys from Japan, Australia, Germany. So cool. And across the United States. It's a beautiful thing. Super Bowl or bust. I've said that. I'm not going to give away my prediction. Maybe I'll give it on Sunday. Maybe I won't. I don't know yet. But I've said that from the outset. And people like Johnny Dean roll his eyes, shake his head. Damn it, Peter. You said it again. I did. Super Bowl or bust. I know it's the expectation, but you just don't invest that much money in quarterbacks and players overall. You don't re-sign your guys. They're dialed in. Nobody has opted out with this situation. Knock on wood, you haven't had a big injury yet, although you've had some injuries. But the Bucks have been able to account for it because at the wide receiving position, they got like 20000 I mean, you start with Evans and Godwin, and then you go to Scotty Miller and Justin Watson and Tyler Johnson when he gets healthy, and you're good. You're good to go. Is it a shame you miss out on a John Franklin the third? Yeah. Is it a shame you miss out on a running back who has speed and a TJ Logan who's familiar with Bruce Arians' offense? Yeah. But you're able to account for those because in those positions you have depth, right? That's what it's all about. All right, let's go out uh, to the webheads again. Let's see here. Uh, some positive news. Who else is happy to see CG 14 is back? You know, to me, I don't know. I, I don't know why he missed those days of practice. I have no idea why he did. You want to speculate? Is it discipline? Is it contract? I think it could be discipline. Maybe it's discipline. Is that necessarily a bad thing to you? It's not an injury. Because we know the players coming off a hamstring injury last year. You don't want to have that happen. We know how detrimental a hamstring injury could be. We've seen him around the league already. You have a David Montgomery for the Chicago Bears. It's not a hamstring. It's a groin. He's out two to four weeks. Oops. There's your starting running back. 
So you could definitely see a lot of injuries this year because of having the 14 days of padded practices, and that's it. That's all you got. Is that enough? Well, we'll see. Let's go out to our video line here. Let's go out to the dude. Dude, welcome to the Evolution of Sports Talk Television. You haven't been on here a while. What's on your mind? What's going on, Peter? How are we doing out here today, guys? I'm doing great. I'm just wondering why everybody's so quiet tonight. I feel like everybody is in hibernation, and we've got 16 days, dude, until the football season starts for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Saints in the Big Easy. Well, yeah, let me tell you right now, uh, got a lot of stuff going on in the out in the real world. But uh, let's not let that distract us from the fact that we are at the final countdown to the longest, most anticipated Buccaneer season, probably since the hiring of John Gruden. Uh, huh. l- l- let me just point out to you that the Buccaneers are stacked on offense they're stacked on defense, and they have arguably one of the better coaching staffs in the league, definitely the biggest. Now, uh, Peter, yeah. before we go any farther, uh, everybody that's out there listening, we, we want to invite you down to the Deck Bar and Grill at Isla del Sol. Uh, beautiful location, on the water, huge deck Big prizes we're going to be giving away, but we will be there at that location for every Buccaneer game this season. There will be prize giveaways. You come down, enjoy great food, great drink. Uh, Thousands of TVs, I think is what the guy said. Uh, But the point I'm getting at is come down. We can get you on a mic. We can put you on the show. There's going to be prize giveaways. Uh, there'll be special guest appearances, but mm. let, let, let me let me also piggyback and say uh, I had a busy day today, Peter. Uh, and the reason I had a busy day was I went to mycannabiscard.com <laughs> and and I went ahead and started the process of getting my medical marijuana card. Now, you might think uh, I see your picture of the dude. You've been partaking in marijuana for quite a while. Okay. That's fair. But with medical marijuana, you get all the benefits of, 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 of marijuana, but you can get it in an edible form, smokable form. You can get it in oil, whatever your case may be. So make sure you guys go to mycannabiscard.com, a home of the guaranteed approval. Uh, now that we got all the advertisement and house cleaning out of the way, uh, I want to give a real special shout out to Ricky Reynolds. Uh, some will call him a Buccaneer great. I'll call him a Buccaneer legend. Uh, great job. Where else? And and I'll say this to everybody listening. Tell me another show where you can ask a former Buccaneer players questions directly. Okay, I'm going to answer it for you. There isn't one. Uh, press conferences today. Boy, let me tell you. Uh, a lot of stuff going on in those press conferences we don't want to touch on, uh, but there's some good stuff in there, and I know you talked about it earlier, but hey, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, <laughs> for those of you who got the poo-poo face or were triggered when the Buccaneers signed running back LaShawn McCoy, uh, he's washed up, he's 40 years old, 
He's not worth the money. He's a head case. Uh, go back and watch these press conferences. Now, I know people can say one thing and do another, but listening to Sean McCoy talk about the leadership role that he's embracing, talk about how he's working with the younger running backs, uh, how he's helping out uh, Blaine Gabbert and some of the backup quarterbacks to see what Tom Brady sees, how he's working with Tom Brady. Uh, people can say what they want. Shady McCoy gained his reputation, not off of falsehoods, but on his actions. But what we're seeing here is we're seeing the, the maturation, Leo word, Very good. Uh, uh, of a man who uh, by some, uh, some cases, people made the case that he was all about himself for the majority of his career. And there's some validity to that. But what we see now in this version of LaShawn Shady McCoy is not really shady at all. It's a team player. It's a leader. Uh, without going too deep into it, uh, sounds like he's the voice in the locker room addressing all these social issues and looking to actually figure out a way to help the cause. Uh, to me, that speaks volumes to the man who Sean McCoy, LaShawn McCoy is, but it also speaks volumes to the leadership that this organization has now put in this locker room with your Bruce Arians, your Byron Lefwich, your uh, Tom Brady, and even to an extent, the boyish charm that is Rob Gronkowski. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I want to say, Peter, we, we, we see you guys here five nights a week. Uh, a lot of people can't really appreciate what's involved in uh, doing this show. People think you just turn on your camera and start running your mouth. Uh, people need to realize Peter does more work behind the scenes preparing for the show. Hold up your notes, Peter. He's got like 14 pages of notes. Uh, the guy puts in the work and that's why you see the quality right here on the show. Now, uh, before I get off, because I know we got a lobby full of guys who want to get on here and pontificate Leo word two wow. times. Leo and freaking uh, uh, fear and everybody tonight with the, the Leo word that has become a thing here on the evolution. It's definitely a thing. Uh, before I get off here, I, 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 I want to respond. And uh, I know uh, the management at Bucks Report has told people like yourself, Peter, uh, like like our Joshua Cole Allen, like our Blake Anthony, all the guys, we're not supposed to respond to trolls, and and, and that's a good, it's it, it's a good philosophy to have, but that's why you got the dude, mm. the dude is here to set the record straight and, and to push back a little bit. So give me about two minutes, and let me troll a troll, uh, <laughs> Mister Art Maddie. We saw your comment earlier. You tune into a show that is labeled Bucks Report, the sports web. It has in the caption what we're talking about. And you come on because you think you're the smartest guy on the uh, on campus. And your comment was something to the effect of, what the hell is this? Hey, hey, Art, you know what this is? Something you could never pull off in your wildest dreams, bro. That said, back to all the other idiots. Hey, look. <laughs> Uh, stuff stuff happened uh, in the country that is affecting sports. Here at Bucks Report, we, we don't want to ignore it, but we don't want it to succumb and take over the show. What we want to do is provide a place where you can come and get stuff to talk about 
Buccaneers or NFL wise that doesn't have to do with that. And and the reason is not because we don't want to deal with it. We want not because we want to ignore it. Not because we don't believe in, in what either side is saying. It's because if you go to Twitter or YouTube or Facebook or any platforms, any social media, any website, it's all they're talking about. So that content is there for you guys who want to talk about that. Uh, we are trying to focus on quite possibly the most uh, prolific Leo word three wow. times no, uh, not prolific cool. season of Buccaneer talent that we've ever seen uh, put together in the Tampa Bay area. Now, uh, do we always uh, do the best job we can of staying on task talking about Buccaneers football? No, it varies because the world varies. But rest assured, when you come to a Bucks report show, you're going to hear about Bucks football. You're going to hear about NFL football. Uh, will social issues uh, filter in? Of course. We can't dictate what the callers say. We can't dictate what you comment in the comment section, although we can laugh at you. Uh, but we well, don't want to. Dude, we could do this. Watch this. We could do that. Uh, oh, exactly. And that's my point. We we support everything that the players are standing or in some cases kneeling or in some cases not playing for. We don't care if it affects people's feelings. It is how it is. But we're not going to allow it to take over the platform. We want to become this place where people can come to get away from that. Now, we do have a couple of articles coming out that will address some of these issues in some ways, please make sure you check them out. They'll be posted tomorrow, but let's get back to football because that's what this is all about. This is all about football. And I, I want to say this before I get off a uh, huge shout out to the loose cannons podcast. Stank bastard, uh, poppy latte for <laughs> which, uh, his beard is glorious. Uh, great job last night, guys. Uh, Hey, a stank bastard. Okay, I know. Every time we say that name, Peter, you do like I do, and you chuckle a little bit. But the guy brings the content, brings the hot takes, does what most people are scared to do or say, and for that, we appreciate you. Uh, the rest of the guys at Bucks Report, Joshua Allen out there at the, at the press conferences, uh, Blake Anthony uh, doing all the Madden stuff behind the scenes, and – working on a, uh, a couple other projects we'll, we'll get to later. Uh, the podcast network is booming. LandryFootball.com. The Deck Bar and Grill at Issa Del Sol. MyCannabisCard.com. Auction of Champions. Where else can you find all that stuff, all those discounts and deals, and the Best Bucks content? You can do it right here on Bucks Report. Now, Peter, go yep. get those other guys in the lobby. The dude just got an email. My medical marijuana card has been approved by mycannabiscard.com. So <laughs> the dude now is going to get on his 10 speed and he's going to start now riding his bike up to the medical marijuana dispensary. Uh, so he can be there when they open first thing in the morning. So great job tonight. As always, Peter shout out to, to Ricky Reynolds again, man. Thank you so much. And, and gosh, what a phenomenal job. Uh, to everybody that behind the scenes doing the work, putting the, the grind in at Bucks Report, uh, 
We all notice you. We all respect you. Peter, Peter Emming effing Blake uh, comes out here every night, puts his schwantz on the table and says, bring it and bring your passion. And the funny thing is we still have yet to see anybody bring more passion than Peter. With that said, the dude is done for the night, but the dude will be back. And when the dude comes back, he's not bringing a sale. He's not bringing a, <laughs> a bluster. He's bringing a pirate ship with cannons firing. Cue the music. Cue the sound effect. And let's go out. Yeah, let's have a great night. Hey, uh, Peter. Yes. Much respect, much love. Ray Kennedy, whoever else is coming on. Uh, love you like a brother. Hate you like a buddy. Do your thing, guys. Rock the house. Hey, if you're in the comment section and you got something to say, call in to the show and be heard. You won't be on hold for an hour. You won't get 10 seconds. We won't hang up on you unless your name is Will Man. But what we will do is give you a place to speak your mind. That said, the dude will abide and step aside. Greetings and saturations. And one more thing. Yes. Remember, don't let your meat loaf. <laughs> All right. There you go. Open phone line 727 255 0391. Going into your third hour here of the evolution of sports talk television we'll get out of here uh before midnight so like i said get on the phone lines give me your expectations give me your record i know we've heard it before but we always want to hear from you guys whatever you have to say tonight comment about ricky reynolds tj pittenger college football uh the expectations of this year diana Rossini, her expectations i've still have not gotten over that can somebody explain to me how a team that is seven and nine last year with a quarterback, albeit who's thrown for over 5,000 yards and over 30 touchdowns, but 30 interceptions that went seven and nine with a quarterback that's the greatest of all time who only threw eight interceptions and has had more weapons at his disposal ever. And they don't make the playoffs. 727-255-0391 and 727-255-0391. Let's go out to the webheads and then we will get on one of the other hardest working guys in this business for us on Box Report. That may be Mr. Rick Hughes from the cheap seat. So let's go. My prediction or Pete's prediction is 11 and 5. Good stuff. I say pot potentially personal. Possible. The dude abides. He does. The dude abides again. Absolutely. Dylan says going to the scrimmage at best virtual edits video. Best at best virtual edits video says, nah, he's quiet tonight. No LeBron Jordan talk tonight. Another great show. Thank you very much, Mr. Yaj. As I believe we've got uh, Ron in there watching. So thanks a lot, Ron. We had Tampa Bay Ray Kennedy. I don't know what happened to you, Tampa Bay Ray Kennedy. My long lost buddy, my co-host who will be joining me. Uh, here in the next couple of days at the deck, Isla de Sol. So laugh out loud. Let's see here. Um, less than one third of the interceptions with a lot less talent. Exactly. Laugh out loud. I get it. I've heard it before and I've seen it before. We've talked about it before. 
with the expectations, and we'll continue to talk about it. We are only 16 days away. Once the clock strikes midnight, we'll be 15 days away. That's how I look at it. And then you got Friday. And then Friday's a breeze, right? Payday, baby. All right, let's go out to Rick Hughes from the Cheap Seats. Welcome to the Evolution, buddy. How you doing tonight? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing good. We just got you know done interviewing Ricky Reynolds the first hour. We had TJ Pittenger on. He was talking about kicking. We've been talking about kicking, and I looked at the <laughs> comments, and, and, and you mentioned this, and I kind of said, ah, you know, eh, you can work on the kicking. Kicking is good. It's okay, but it's not. I mean, it hasn't been for this team. It's lost them games, and it certainly seems like once again, just following up from last night, we have a kicking competition. You know, these comments from Keith Armstrong, it's all about consistency, and that's what you hear from this statement that he makes in his presser. Consistency, 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 which, by the way, is your middle name, Mr. Rick Hughes. Well, well, to me, it makes me laugh when I think about the fact that, I mean, there were two very clear games that were lost last year, and people blew it off. And I mean, everybody's excited about this season, so everybody's, I mean, you everybody's thinking Super Bowl or bust, and I'm like, you haven't even won a playoff game. You haven't made it to the playoffs yet. So... That's why you you look at things like the kicking game and you go, that better be better. There better be improvements there because two losses, that's a big deal. And yeah. uh, you, you can't, you, you just can't put yourself in that position repeatedly and think that there's going to be no, yeah, I mean, right now we have no reason to think the problems are solved. Now, if they were coming out and saying, oh, Matt Gay looks great. Everything looks fine. We're going to be fine at kicker. Well, then, you know, I'd have some confidence. But that's not what you're hearing, so yeah, I'm 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 concerned about that. That's a it's part of the deal, though. I guess I mean that that's they've got to improve in that area. It just seems like you could go to there. There are so many so many colleges. There are so many places everywhere where you've got kickers who should be able to kick like with it consistently within 45 yards. Why can't this team find a kicker? who can be consistent within 45 and then occasionally hit the bigger ones. Yeah. I mean, and that's what it comes down to. You know, it's not the long kicks. You can make it just like the special teams coach and Armstrong says you can make the 60 yarder, but if you can't make the 45 yarder consistently, you're no good to me. You're just not because that's not able to make those extra points too. Even, I mean, right. The extra points are give me, even though they moved it back and kind of screwed with a lot of the kickers, a mindset, you still got to make those because, they come back to haunt you. And yeah, as I'm absolutely. saying at my diatribe after uh, TJ got off, uh, the Bucks last year, you kick one field goal and you're, it's a nine-point lead. That's the difference. And then you let Atlanta tie up the game and you go to overtime and yeah. history's made in a uh, bad way, a notorious way. So 30-for-30 uh, 30 30 club. Uh, let's go out to the webheads here, read what they have to say here. So we read that, laugh out loud, best virtual edits video. You know, LeBron, the GOAT, even uh, Snoop said it. Well, Snoop probably was on something, so this is what I <laughs> That. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Snoop has not been relevant for at least 15 years. Great rapper, but come on, man. Seriously, you know, and LeBron, no. I, but I had, to, I had to poke the bear a little bit, Rick. Speaking of poking the bear, Chris Godwin comes back to practice. Uh, are, we, are we about to speculate here that this is either – uh, an undisclosed injury, or do you think it's disciplinarian? I don't know what's going on there. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it could be 
maybe there was someone around him that was COVID that, that had COVID. Uh, uh, there's some connection and they were trying to figure out if they needed to hold him out. That it could be, it could be so many different things. So one thing I want to point out about that, which is interesting is I don't know if people are realizing about this Sunday, this Sunday is a really big day. If you test for positive after Sunday, you're missing a game. Sunday is the deadline because mm. you're out for two weeks. Wow. Yeah. So uh, it's, <laughs> they better be, uh, they'd better not, uh, not, not be out partying, not having a good time or anything. I mean, Sunday is D day. And, you know, I don't know what's going on with Chris Godwin. I don't know if there's family issues. There, there are 50 things that could be going on. Um, I, I just find it odd when it was addressed. It, it's, it's like uh, a surly tone, which, you know, Bruce Arians is known for. It's for me to know and for you not to find out. It's like, that's okay. what makes me think it might be COVID because they're not allowed to talk about it. Mm, but they what, what, wouldn't they announce it? Wouldn't there be some announcement from? No, they're part- not allowed to announce it. But we're not allowed to. The league cannot say if you're if you're out for any COVID related reasons. They are legally not allowed to say anything. It's part hmm. of the HEPA, you know, HEPA laws and all that. They're but not were- allowed to say it. So what I wonder is if they weren't trying to figure out. I don't know anything. I've not heard anything. I got no whispers from any inside sources. No word on the street, huh? No. <laughs> I, I just wonder if they're if they weren't trying to figure out. Do they have you know? Maybe he went out. Maybe he went out one night. Mm-hmm. Partied. They found out about it, and then we're trying to figure out what do we do with him. I mean, it could be there could be a lot of things that that had happened. Sure. So I, I don't know the answer. Uh, I, it's disturbing, but if <laughs> if the if the biggest problem that the Buccaneers are dealing with is that this has been a great off season. I mean, this yeah yeah. I mean, it's it's our if the biggest challenge is. Gosh, our, our one guy missed a couple of days of camp. One of the starters missed a couple of days of camp. That's not so bad. Um, so I don't know. Uh, this team is whatever. I don't know. I, I I don't know what happened to their karma. I don't know who killed a chicken, a goat. I don't know who did what. Who's did the doing, voodoo? That's what they yeah. did. went down to New Orleans. He got a voodoo priestess. They did some he- sort of. I, I have no idea, but <laughs> something's happened with this team. I mean, it's from being from having so many things go so wrong for so many years. Crazy things. Yeah. Things you couldn't imagine. Snake pit. I remember. I remember yeah. listening to a preseason game with Gene Deckerhoff and Jesse, the body of Ventura, which, by the way, look this up, kids. He only did it one year, but uh, a great, uh, you know, color commentator with yeah. him and Gene. Good stuff, but I remember the preseason game with the Indianapolis Colts, and I remember Gene saying, snake bitten. That's how I feel like the kicking situation has been and some of the off-seasons. Who could forget 2017? I feel bad for those people in Louisiana because they got absolutely uh, killed. Not killed. Maybe that's not a good word. Uh, throttled <laughs> by that hurricane. Hammered. Uh, hammered. Yeah, hammered. I, I'm, I've lost for words tonight because it's 16 days from – uh, the no, I know, season, but it's, you know, it's, you, you kind of wonder, you know, is there going to be some delay? There hasn't been any damage that's been reported in New yeah, Orleans for that right. to happen. But you remember 2017, everybody was kind of freaking out because the expectations were so high that year for the Bucks. They were going into hard knocks. And then here comes Hurricane Irma. And it's like, man, <laughs> all this stuff is screwed up. 
Nothing like that has happened. Knock on wood. Hopefully it doesn't because I know it's 2020. Right. We- New Orleans is, ha- is is having little issues. Oh, they're New ha- Orleans is having little problems. Right. So, I mean, I guess it happens to every team every now and again, but it just seems like for decades it's happened to the Bucks every year. There's been something. Now, some of it is obviously their own making. Not I'm not talking hurricanes. I'm talking MRSA or oh. Whatever, that, you know, at whatever Greg Chiano was doing that week, whatever he's causing that week. Toes on the line. I mean, toes right? on the line. Toes, toes on the line. The line. Yeah, there yeah. were so many different things. Horrible. Um, it, but it just seems like, I mean, <laughs> I'm going to say it again, just because I like saying it and it's hard to process. I still have a hard time really processing. Tom Brady is the Buccaneers quarterback. Rob Gronkowski is one of the tight ends. I mean, what happened? Who? I don't know what kind of crazy good juju karma stuff they got going on, but something happened. Yeah, some something happened. Yeah. I mean, I, I I don't know. The Glazers donated to the right charity or something, but <laughs> something happened. Be careful! You were trying to say they sold their soul or something like that. Uh, oh, I'm not saying that. You said it. Well, two five five zero three nine one seven two seven two five five. 0391. I remember so many years listening to radio and people would come out with these uh, moronic suggestions that uh, basically Doug Williams put a curse on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as an organization because they got rid of them. So every quarterback stunk and uh, you kind of believe it. I mean, it's kind of like the curse with the Boston Red Sox for so many years. I know we've got uh, some uh, people from some sports fans from Boston with the Red Sox for so many years and they exercise that curse and you feel like that, that, that weight of your, your chest, the Cubs, same thing. Do I believe in curses? I don't know. I'm no, not. Come on. I'm going to be, I'm going to be superstitious. I'm a sports fan. I'm a superstitious <laughs> sports fan. And I feel like, look, if I'm not out the watch party at the deck and I'm not doing a broadcast, most likely the Bucks are going to lose. So yeah. I, I, from here on out, if the Bucks lose and I'm not there, then you know why. If I'm there and they win, you can put it on me. How about that? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not a I'm not a I'm not a believer in curses. I believe okay. you do do if everybody shows up and does their job, you'll win. Um if, if yeah, do your job. I mean, it's New England. If anybody should be cursed, it would be them, and they haven't. Been. Oh, they're never cursed. So, I mean, right. they go through so, so much scandals from Robert Kraft to the Flake Gate to Spy Gate. Right. Hell, they might as well have Watergate. They have so many freaking gates so there. Spygate, Spygate 2. Spygate yeah. 2, uh, Cincinnati Bengals situation. But they come out smelling like a, a fresh yeah. red rose all the yeah. time. And and, and it's, it goes back to what you say. It's not about superstition or whatever else. Yeah. It's about guys coming together, being dialed in. Yep. And, you know, the whole LFG, that's what it's about with the Patriots. That's what it's become with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 727-255-0391. It's 727-255-0391. It's the evolution of Sports Talk Television. It's the Sports Web. I'm your host, Peter Blake, along with Mr. Rick Hughes from the Cheap Seats. Go ahead yeah. and tell us about this show you're debuting on September 13th. I know it's a floating time because I believe the because <laughs> right now, uh, the phone line is dead. It's just completely dead. It's almost Where like, is everybody. You know, Verizon has turned off there? my phone. Right. I'm checking right <laughs> now. Did I pay my phone bill? I think I did <laughs> because it's still on, yet nobody's calling. But I believe in that post-game edition, whether they win or lose, Bucks fans will come out in droves. And oh, keep yeah. in mind, this is a cell phone. So oh, I may yeah. have to 
put you on hold, but I got five lines for you to get on. Rick Hughes, tell them about Cheap Seats and uh, all about this show you got debuting uh, all right. September 13th. All right, Sunday nights, we're going to get together and watch some football. Uh, we're going to talk some football. We're going to have a good time. Um, I've said this to you. I, I have been blessed to watch games from the sidelines as a photographer, be in locker rooms. I have been able to watch games from the press box with the media. I've been able to watch games in luxury suites with people drinking their wine and eating their sushi while a football game is going on. I've been in the first row watching Buccaneers games. And I've also been in the cheap seats. And the cheap seats is where you find the real fans, the real folks who scream louder. Yeah. What's that? The nosebleed seats. Absolutely. Yes. They're the ones yelling louder, caring more, having a good time, talking football. And and that's what that's what the show is all about. It's just going to be a bunch of us hanging out, talking football. There's going to be a game going on Sunday night. I'll have a monitor that I can see the game. We can comment on that. We'll be able to talk about all the games that happened during the day or Thursday night. Imagine maybe you want to talk about the Bucks game. Um, maybe. I don't know. Just possibly. But all of this is, is all wrapped up in Chief Seats. That's what we're going to do. We're going to get together. We're going to talk some football if you're ready. That's, That's the whole it. key. Are you ready? Because if you you're ready, ready, it'll be a great show. Are you ready for the Chief Seats on September 13th? Definitely check into that exclusively here on Bucks Report. I, I feel like they're not ready. I feel like, you know, they've gone on strike. <laughs> the callers went on strike tonight. They said, you know what? Uh, Screw you, Pete. I'm not going to call your show. I'm just going to sit there and see how stupid you can look. But obviously, I don't look stupid because you're still watching. 727-255-0391 at 727-255-0391. It's the Sports Web. I'm your host, Peter Blake, live on the Landry Football Network on Bucks Report. <laughs> You got to get that cough checked out. I know I do. You got to. We got to. We got to get that cough. Let's go out to the webheads. Uh, let's sign Messi. He's looking for a new team. Let's make a pitch. Why not? How cool would that be? Debatable. The best soccer player of all time, if not definitely top three. I'm sure he'd love a Super Bowl ring to add to his collection of hardware. Is that a possibility? It's crazy as it is. It is 2020. You sign Messi, a soccer player, to be a field goal kicker. I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I watch. I watch. You know, the I watch Atlanta United. I watch a little bit of Orlando City, but that's really kind of my that you you've just exhausted my soccer knowledge. Well, I'll tell you right now, if we start talking soccer on this show, I'm freaking out of here. I'm telling yeah. you right now. That's one thing I really don't talk about. The last time I remember a soccer player kicking uh was from a movie, Unnecessary Roughness, uh with the uh, yeah. Ireland. Remember that? All right, let's go out to the phone line. Fondly. Yes, Fondly. very much so. And the quarterback's <laughs> name was Paul Blake, who was played by Scott Bakula of Quantum Leap. Go ahead. You're on with yours truly along with uh, Mr. Rick Hughes from the Chief Seats. What's on your mind? Damn, this isn't Domino's. Wrong number. No, it's not Domino's. What, what, do you, what do you? No. What are you ordering a pizza for? Dude, what is it? Joshua Cole Allen? Hey, guys. What's going on today? Ordering a pizza on apparently, my- apparently he's he's not dressed or he'd be on camera. First and foremost, you, you got the wrong true. pizza outlet. We've talked about this, my friend. It's oh no, oh no, every no. or but okay. We're gonna talk about food all night long. You cannot come on this show and say Domino's and get away with it. But I will give you a pass. Domino's is at least better uh than some pizza outlets out there. Uh. <sighs> Uh, a snobby way of having, oh, you can't have pizza unless you go to Connecticut. Listen, listen, man, I've had the pizza. 
in Connecticut that he's talking about. And it's it, it there. He's right. It's not close. It's like uh, modern pizza, modern pizza or Pepe's in Connecticut. It's not even close. Oh, I got to go to Pepe's. Thing, but I know this nice little Italian joint right down the street. Oh, yeah. It's called Domino's. It's amazing. Huh? Domino's. Domino's. That's what it's called. You're a jerk. That's not the right name at all. I know you're screwing around with me. And for that, you get this. That's what you get. I got my sound effects ready. I feel like I'm at the radio station again, except I don't got a boss over me uh, being a troll bag and saying, hey, you can't talk about this. Screw you. I can talk about whatever I want. Go ahead, Joshua Koalan. Uh, I heard there was a question to answer tonight that was put out there by one of the, one of the uh, comments. Yes, uh, it is your uh, lovely wife, the Taylor Allen, uh, who it appeared uh, last night in the pictures a couple times. I thought, yeah, I don't know what the hell was going on. It was like... <laughs> He's going to kill me because I'm putting, he thinks I'm putting his wife up there and he's actually doing it himself. I gave you all this control and you decide to hijack my show by putting uh, Taylor Allen on there. So, okay, cool. Yes, yeah, she asked the biggest question. What is the biggest obstacle, in your opinion, for the Bucks in 2020? I just think, as of right now, going into the season, um, it's going to be lack of time, lack of reps, lack, lack of chemistry. We kind of heard Byron Leftwich talk about that that um, in his press conference today that, uh, you know, they're trying to make up for all these reps that they lost. And that's been the, the theme for this whole offseason and camp. You've heard Bruce say it about, you know, the rookies and uh, mini camps and OTAs. And that's not just, you know, time for the rookies that they missed. It's time for these veterans and these new guys like a Tom Brady and a Gronkowski to come in here and just be in the building and get the defensive and offensive install. And uh, so far, so good. Everything sounds great from my eyes. It looked great, but yep. uh, we won't really know until they put, you know, pads on right now uh they're paper so everything's paper soldiers with this team uh they've looked good in practice but again they're going they're not toy soldiers are they they're not falling down like toy soldiers Toy soldiers. i knew you were gonna sing i knew it you're the rapper guy you're the singer guy we're on with joshua cole allen Uh, correspondent he's saying paper soldiers you're exactly right it's all on paper right now what else did you get out of the leftwich uh presser today I just think that him and Tom's relationship is going to be great. Uh, he mentioned that he had a relationship uh, with Tom prior to him coming down uh, to Tampa Bay and that they're really just going to feed off each other. I really think that the theme that we've been talking about where it's going to be Bruce's office, going to be Byron's office, going to be Tom's office, uh, offense, it's just going to be a combination of whatever works better. Uh, Byron said himself that, you know, his job as the offensive coordinator and the play caller is to put his quarterback in a position to succeed. And if that's listening to him and taking his advice on seeing what he's going to see, I mean, we're not talking about a normal quarterback here. We're talking about the GOAT. We're talking about the greatest of all time who's seen, he said it himself, he's seen every defense, he's called every play or or variation of every play. He knows what he's doing. Um, So he's going to rely on what he sees on the field. As a quarterback, you can only take what they see and um well you're well like you said it's his job to put him in the best position uh tom's going to know the best position the best place to call because he's going to be out there and seeing that on every drive and coming back and communicating that back to ba and back to byron and from there they'll make their adjustments and their game plans and this is the same thing we've uh, we've talked about this as well some coaches make halftime adjustments some quarterly adjustments tom brady makes 
in-game adjustments. And I think I've had this conversation with Rick that mm -hmm. uh, he's going to make adjustments from play to play, from series to series, and see what's working, see what's not working, and, and figure out the best way to attack the defense in a way to put points on the board. And I, I think that Byron Leftwich is really on board with that. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see what this offense looks like come week one. Yeah, I think I'm I'm kind of surprised by it, and you know, just talking to people off the air about Lashawn McCoy and his veteran leadership. You know, look, we knew he's a veteran. We knew that he was highly productive. He's not the same running back, but some of his comments about Ronald Jones, and also yes. uh, his chemistry with working with the Brady, uh, it just gives me. I feel positive about the situation. I know there was a lot of people out there, you know, some callers saying. You know, He's not the number one running back. Look, he doesn't have to be the number one running back. What he has to be is not only a guy that can come in and uh, you'll give your 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 running backs an opportunity to rest, but also he's a guy that can catch the ball in the backfield, and he can also instill that veteran leadership that I feel like this running back room really needs. You still have a lot of young guys. Ronald Jones, you know, people are ready to give up on him. He's only been in the league a couple of years. I don't count that rookie year. That, that was a redshirt year for me. Uh, Keyshawn Bond, you draft him third round. Uh, you have Dare, who's relatively young, so you need a veteran leader, and you got that in McCoy, and I think that's been a shocking thing. What do you think? Yeah, and one of the biggest things that I took away from, you know, Deshaun McCoy talking about Ronald Jones was he called him one of the most uh, talented young backs he's seen in a long time. Uh, that's very strong praise, and there's multiple ways that he could have phrased that to say, you know, he's looked really good, he's, he's learning still, or – or he's picking up the he's picking up what he needs to. Uh, he called him one of the most young, talented backs that he's seen in a long time. So just you know, hearing that praise from him, he's been around some really good young players. He's been around some good veteran players. To hear that praise come from him gives me really high hopes. And as you said as well with the Brady comments, you know, the chemistry with Brady and that he's excited because you know, the way Brady communicates to the backs, he'll look at them and, you know, give them a look and, yeah. you know, you'll know the ball's coming to you. And to be featured that way is something that he's never, you know, had in, in his career. And he said going against the Patriots when he was in Buffalo, you know, he'd look at James White. He's like, man, I'd kill to be able to be James White and just get these passes thrown to me all the time. And, you know, that's something that he has the opportunity to do. And I think that's uh, my you know, my words for this team has been reinvigorated. Uh, the locker room, the the team chemistry, uh, the players themselves. Mm -hmm. um, we heard on your show by Papi Latte about a defensive player coming in uh, to get a haircut and just saying, man, we just turned the ball over too much. Um, and that wears on teams. That wears on players. And uh, as, as great as Winston uh, was and could have been and the great things that he did, uh, he did a lot of dumb things too. And, and, you know, there's a reinvigorated locker room and offense and everyone feels it. you can, you can hear in all these press conferences and all these, uh, every time these players talk that they are just full of life and full of energy and just really, really excited. I think for the first time, even Levante David, he caught himself saying, you know, you don't want to think about the playoffs, but it's there, but right now, again, you know, everything's on paper until we go out there and perform, uh, you know, it's hard not to get excited, though. And as a fan, um, if you, the players are this excited, mm -hmm. uh, just, I mean, everyone else out there listening and watching and, 
you know, a fan of the team should just be, you know, head over heels excited for this season to get going, which is going to start in less than two weeks. Yeah, it's going to start less than uh, two weeks. You got uh, Joshua Cole Allen, our camp correspondent. Of course, Rick Hughes from the Chief Seats. Rick, you could jump in here. You don't have to sit in there and not say anything. Go ahead and talk to Josh a little bit he's, if you he's want. He's in the balcony. <laughs> shut up and be I'm in the Chief Seats. I think about the balcony, about to throw you off the balcony. Rick, go ahead. Look, one, one of the things I want to point out, you know, all of this stems back to Tom Brady. Josh was talking about the players are excited. We should all be excited. I think I think fans are excited. I think players are excited, but it all started with Tom Brady. That's where the difference came in. When he came in, Tom Brady is has an infectious championship uh, vibe about him, and he brought that with him. And it's spread like it's probably a bad thing to say right now, like a virus throughout this organization, this this belief that, okay, we're going to go get this championship. Um, That's not something that's ever been there before. Uh, Not not in not in decades, at least. So, I mean, that's exciting. And let me say something that why I think this stuff is important. For instance, if you look at what's going on in New England right now in New England, you have Cam Newton. Cam Newton, Cam freaking Newton, who (laughs) they interviewed him and asked him, are you the starting quarterback? Do you know what his response was? His response was, no, no, not now. I don't even care about that. Right now, I'm just putting in my work every day. Cam freaking Newton. Yeah. And that's because of a championship mentality. That's a different Cam Newton. And what you're seeing is different Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And that this this entire mentality this entire tom brady changed the front office of the buccaneers tom brady has changed everything from the marketing department on down the line everything is being run at a championship caliber level everything is being handled from a an entire different footing simply because tom brady showed up and brought that attitude and mentality with him. So, Absolutely. I mean, it, it's, this is not just, okay, Tom Brady's here and now the hopes are up high by the fans, which they are. <laughs> I'm saying from the top down, from ownership, through marketing, through, I mean, every step of the organization from top <laughs> to bottom, everybody expects excellence. When was the last time that happened in Tampa? This is fun. This is exciting. Yeah, it is. It really is exciting. I tell you right now, though, it's kind of disappointing. This report from uh, ABC Action News, the Tampa Bay Sports Authority, is estimating 14,000 fans inside the stadium for Bucks games, 10,000 for USF. Of course, USF is playing the Citadel, so they're not going to have any fans, but they may revisit that. I mean, do you think they could increase that eventually, or do you think, Josh, they stick with that 14000 As of right now, I think that's safe to say that they're going to stick with that. Uh, if you look at it, it is 1,000 fans more than what Miami is bringing in. They're only bringing in 13000 The real question is, um, obviously, what happens as we progress towards December? We heard that benchmark is they want to try to get vaccine out by December, mm-hmm. uh, you know, late fall. If something like that does happen, um, could they increase it? Possibly. But I think once they put this benchmark out of how many fans they're going to have, and I think they kind of stick with that uh, throughout the season, just be just for the sake of 
uh, selling tickets and stuff like that. Um, you look at it, they're going to have tickets available to season ticket holders first. If there's any left over, which there won't be, uh, then they'll be able to be bought by fans for a general sale. But those tickets will be eaten up, they'll be gone, and then there'll be tremendous prices on the secondary market. Uh, I think that they'll stick around 13000 but things could always change. I mean, sure. you look at every everyone was going, you know, with limited capacity. Um, a lot of these stadiums have just shut down for the first month. Yeah, good, good, good luck predicting what's going to happen, Joshua. <laughs> well, I, not, I had I to. I had to throw it out there, Rick, because I knew that I would make you mad. I just had to do that. And- I don't know. It's just it, – it, it really? There's anybody who has any clue? I mean – I don't, I don't know what's happening week to week. I don't think the NFL knows at this point. No. I have a better plan than college football, but I was kind of surprised to see Philadelphia give in and say, well, we're not going to have any fans right now. Why not? Yeah, I mean, I mean a lot of places well, the Northeast got hammered pretty hard. Well, it's because they, they're not doing what they need to do. They continue to do the same thing and expect different results. Guys, we know what that's called, right? Insanity. Josh, uh, let me ask you this, and then I'll get you out of here because I know it's a late night. And uh, once again, thanks to your thanks to your significant other, Miss Taylor Allen, who has uh, been killing it tonight with some of her comments. Man, uh, you did good there. Just saying, uh, Chris Godwin, what do you make of that situation? Uh, to me, is that a injury? Is that COVID? Or is that uh, discipline? I, I kind of said this on my show. I didn't really want to speculate, and I believe I said on your show as well. I don't really want to speculate on what's going on. Uh, Bruce Arians can be a troll sometimes. I mean, he can, he likes to have fun. Uh, I could just see it as just a double veteran day off just to make sure he's fresh. Uh, he's a guy that's going to be getting, um, hit quite a bit running in that slot, uh, taking some shots. Uh, he took some shots last year. He's a great, uh, yak and, uh, yak and yak yards after catch yards after contact player. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you want to keep them fresh as, as possible. Uh, you know, you've seen Sue have multiple days off this week already. JPP, Gronk has had multiple days off. So it's just about keeping those veteran guys fresh. I don't think it's necessarily something, um, you know, that was an underlying issue. I would like. It to- would be a little weird, though, if he was giving one explanation for everybody else. And then when it came to Chris Godwin, suddenly said, yeah, that's for me to know and you yeah. never to know. That, that doesn't make any sense. I don't know if he's having a little bit of fun with Greg Allman too, because that was Greg Allman's question. Right. And then today, Greg asked him, you know, if there will be any, you know, hitting in the scrimmages with quarterbacks. He's like, hell no, no one's going to touch the quarterback. So I don't know if it's just a relationship they have and they're having a little fun with each other, or if you know, maybe there is something going on. It's not something I really want to speculate on because. Uh, I think Chris Godwin's Chris Godwin's people would have been screaming very loud that there was nothing that could be confused as discipline. I think I, I don't I don't think in any way, shape or form the marketing department would be OK with that. Um, I, 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 yeah, I don't think him poking fun. They would not have left it there with with a possible negative insinuation. Um, the marketing department wouldn't do it. Uh, Chris Godwin's people certainly wouldn't be OK with it. So yeah. then what are your thoughts on it then? My thoughts are, like I said, it could be 50 different things uh, from it could be he was a, he went out and partied and they wanted to see what was going to happen as far as COVID, whether they wanted to test him for a couple of days because he went out one night and and they didn't want to risk bringing him back in. And remember, with COVID related stuff, you're not allowed to say anything. So it could have had something to do with that. It could have had something to do with a ton of different things. Maybe he tweaked his ankle just a little bit, but not much. It could have been anything. 
Yeah. Could be could be anything because it's 2020, Joshua Koala. And I tell you what, let's go ahead and wrap it up with this uh, question. They're having a scrimmage tomorrow. What are you looking forward to seeing and what kind of camp battles are you looking forward to seeing uh, tomorrow with that scrimmage? At this point, I'm not looking at any camp battles. I think most of these camp battles are pretty much set up in their ways. Okay. Uh, for me, it's special teams, special teams, special teams. Uh, that's what's going to determine these last roster spots you're talking about. Guys like Javon Hagan, Andrew Adams, Dakota Dixon, Motley, Mazzy, and Herb Miller in the cornerback group, Cam Gill, uh, Kazeem Daniels, and, and Quentin Bell at the outside linebacker group, Zach Cicci, Chappelle Russell, Michael Divinity in that uh, in that um, linebacking group. I think with the addition of AQ Shipley, uh, it's been ex- increasingly hard harder for some of these undrafted guys like a Nick Lovett, a Zach Chackelford, or John Mulchin to make this team now. Uh, Stinney has been getting praised, got praised yesterday by mm. Ali Marpet. I think they're going to probably go with multiple positions. By the way, he can play center and guard and tackle. Yes. Correct? Okay. Yeah. The Bucks I, love I that. They love. They look. They they love somebody that uh you know is is multi multifaceted and and versatile. They love it. Yeah, and I think they're gonna go. I think they're gonna in this year with this situation. I think they'll try to sneak one or two of those guys in the practice squad. And I think they're gonna go with 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 some veterans back there with the Josh Wells, Stinney, and and Shipley, and that will round out their eight man uh, offensive line group. Uh, I think uh, I've been kind of set on this. I like what Anthony O'Claire brings, but. With the uncertainty of Gronk and OJ's contract situations going into next year, I think you kind of got to keep Tanner Hudson because I think he'll get claimed up on waivers really quick. So uh, that's no longer really a battle I'm looking at. Uh, and then the big battle for me is that return position. Okay. So I'm looking at these wide receivers. I'm looking at Jaden Mickens. I'm looking at who I, I think right now I might have the inside track on that. Uh, he's been a veteran. He's been around. He's got. Uh, punt returns of 72 and 63 yards, one of them for a touchdown. Uh, you know, uh, I believe he's, he's averaging at least 12.6 yards per carry. Mm. I actually just wrote an article about him. Should be out tonight or tomorrow, so make sure you check that out. Uh, so I think that the veteran guy that he is and the, the way since he's been back, he's shown good chemistry with Tom Brady. I think they might go with a six-wide receiver there, which means you'd have to drop somebody else. Um, I'm looking at that punt return, kick return position battle there. and. Um, you know, just what happens when they? Because let's—it's it, a scrimmage, right? But let's face it; these teams aren't going to go. Besides no. special teams and the young guys, they're not going full bore. They're not. Gonna, no, it's it's be- not it's not a normal scrimmage. And and this is actually giving props to Joshua here. Joshua, uh, in a conversation with Joshua, it sort of inspired an article that I have coming out it either tonight or tomorrow morning about this exact thing. And the idea that I see when it comes to the scrimmage is it's game day. Uh, You have to understand that tomorrow, pretend for a second that your entire career that you've dreamed about your whole life or that you've worked for, for your whole life, it's all going to come down to tomorrow. Um, Imagine that's the case for you, because that is the case for some people that are going to be taking the field tomorrow on special teams. It's all going to come down to special teams. Exactly. Yep. And I think and, it, I think it comes down to the kicking battle. I think that's where a lot of the eyes are going to be. As crazy as it sounds, it looks like we guys, we have a kicking competition here yeah. with Elliot Fry and Mac A. Yeah, but even if you're the second, Bruce Arian said, even if you're the second best cornerback on the team, if the guy that's third best 
is great on special teams, he's taking your job. That's it. So this yeah. how you perform tomorrow on special teams is going to be the difference in whether your your lifelong dream happens or not. I mean, that's a huge thing. Tomorrow is the day we're going to wake up, do our thing, go to sleep tomorrow night. Everything's it's, it's a Friday. For these people, it's the day that their entire life, their entire dream career-wise comes down to. And that's, I mean, that's all down to tomorrow because the next scrimmage, the decisions are pretty much already made. Now you're just reinforcing or or convincing them that they were wrong the first time. But the decisions are pretty much made tomorrow. And exactly. to expand on what you're saying, that's exactly what I, what I, how I feel as well, uh, that that tomorrow is the day um, that these special teams players, the roster is going to be set by probably by Monday. Yeah. They're going to go with players. And then next next Friday is the day that, you know, they either change their mind or maybe someone shows out incredibly or, you know, a returner wise, maybe brings a couple back, you know, for for touchdowns or something like, hold on, wait a second. Instead of this guy would go that way. <laughs> right. Uh, but as, as Peter said, too, kicking is going to be a big battle. But the thing about kicking is I think next Friday is the, the kicking deadline. I think that's when they make the decision on kicking. I think they they go go tomorrow because I think that's one position where you see what they do tomorrow. You see what they do all next week. And then next Friday is their do or die day. The only, the only thing I would say that's that I feel differently about that is I think the decision is primarily made tomorrow. And then next week, they're going to put that guy through the whole scrimmage and see if he performs consistently through the whole scrimmage and, uh, or whether or not he chokes. Yeah, uh, you're, you're looking at it, the, so. the preseason games of the aspect of, you know, this could be next week could be your third preseason game or next week could be, uh, you know, the fourth preseason game where you already have the decisions made and you're just looking for a couple of fringe guys on it. Good stuff, Joshua Cole Allen. Go ahead and tell everybody out there where they can uh, follow you on Twitter, buddy. Real quick, too, before I get off there. There's still, yeah. if neither of these guys really impressed, there's still a few names out there to look at. Hoshka was just uh, released today. He's a guy. His Hoshka. Hoshka. Oh, see, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he was released today with the Bills. Well, his yeah, got has decreased a little bit. <laughs> on Bradley Pinion's got that big leg that could, you know, take over on kickoffs. And then obviously, Steven Gostowski's still out there. Um, he struggled with a groin injury in the beginning beginning of the season, which caused him to miss a couple of kicks. But mm-hmm. he should be fully healthy, and that's a guy that you could look at as well. Um, but yeah, follow me at on Twitter at Joshua underscore C underscore Allen. Again, I tweet out these press conferences live every day. My my page is full of Bucks content, whether it be stats, whether it be I uh, just recently did a poll to name the you know uh, the fans' choice of the top captains. We'll have an article about that, including myself, uh, Ray Kennedy. Nick Citro and Anthony Bermonde will have our, our picks for the captains. We'll all have our 53-man projections out and our season projections out uh, within the next week, so make sure you're looking out for that. I've got an article out right now about Shady, uh, LaShawn McCoy, Todd McNair, and um, the running back coach, and Tom Brady. I'll have three articles out probably tomorrow about Vita Bay uh, and his expectations, Khalil Davis and his expectations, and also Jaden Mickens and on, on his returning role. And if he can, you know, seize the second opportunity he's got, um, make sure you follow me on there. Every Wednesday I'm on the Audible. I'll do pop-up shows with Peter all the time. Either calling in or going on there. Uh, keep it right here. The content's going to be coming. We've got the deck coming with watch parties soon at, at the 
at the deck. Starting Sunday. Starting Sunday. We're, we're going to let the cat out of the bag. We're going to do some a test show there. Uh, we're going to talk Bucks football. We're going to talk about what you want to talk about here on this show. And we're going to try some different camera shots. And hopefully, Joshua Cole Allen, you join us. All right. I'll I'll be there. Make sure you check out Auction of Champions, five dollars <laughs> off using Buck, Bucks Report as a referral, and Maltronic, forty percent off using Bucks Report. Sounds perfect. Have a great night, guys. I'll talk to you soon. All right, there you go. I mean, one of the busiest men in Bucks Report history, and he's just come out of nowhere. That'd be Joshua Cole Allen here on the Evolution of Sports Talk Television. Uh, let's see here. Want to read? Uh, how are you, Pete and Ricky? Another great show, great sports web show. Thank you. Uh, Bella Montavo, hello. Lady Benita, hello. I'm getting COVID test tomorrow. Watching, uh, wow, what was that? Watching uh, Rick hack all over the place. Uh, says uh, Ozzy the Sports Junkie. Let's go out to the webheads and then we'll get back to Like I said, we got to get that cough corrected. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. We got to. I don't know what it is, buddy. I don't think it's COVID, though. Uh, okay, so we read that. Uh, again, uh, although I love to see him in those powder blues playing for the city. How crazy would it be to see Messi in a Bucks uniform? It would be 2020. I mean, come on. Uh, you got a pandemic. You got killer hornets. You got killer hurricanes or powerful. <laughs> I said the word again. Man, I'm just killing it tonight, am I? Well, no, it's the uh, truth, though. No. I mean, you, <laughs> I, Messi being on being in a Bucks uniform, really, I mean, not, I'm counting nothing out. Yeah, yeah. Well, nothing can be counted out. Uh, Ozzy the Sports Junkie. Uh, we just call him Ozzy on the show. Ozzy the Sports Junkie. We're going into the Big Easy about the 65K Cousins and the Outdated Dome, and we're drinking all their booze, stealing all their women, and plant the flag. Uh, there's a new sheriff in town. I love it. I love his excitement. He needs to call in. We need to get him on the show again, Ozzy the Sports Junkie there. Uh, he'll have to take a $98 million pay cut, but hey, that ring is priceless. I don't see that happening. Don't be scared. Call in and be heard. Chris Landry football. Hopefully this is Chris Landry. Hopefully he's safe or somebody running it. You froze. We do that sometimes, but uh, we are definitely back again here on the Evolution of Sports Talk Television. Your uh, addition here. Join the 65,000 following we have here on Facebook. Of course, live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and a part of the Landry Football Network, the Chris Landry Twitch channel. If you love football, definitely check it out because we talk football we take you behind the curtain. We didn't have Chris last night. I missed him because I can talk to the guy about two hours of yeah. just football knowledge. He's so in-depth. I love that. People go, you know, that's boring. That's actually, No, that's not boring. If you love football, you love to hear it. If you don't, you know, go watch a reality show. Go watch something. You know, go watch politics. I don't care. I'm, I'm not doing it. Hungry Howie's this. You know, I want to point out something. Yeah. Uh, I, I – wasn't aware of all the details of how the practice squad's being handled. Yeah. And uh, there, there's something a little different that's happening this year. And it, it struck me today. I was doing a lot of thinking about, uh, about the things like Sunday being the deadline day. And it takes about four days now with the COVID testing, with everything for a player to be signed and then actually get active with a team. Mm -hmm. Now what happens on a Sunday, if one of your players gets injured, they used to sign somebody on Monday. You know, they get the playbook on Tuesday. By the next weekend, they're out playing with the team. It's not going to be able to happen that way now because there's like a four-day delay. So sure. you're going to have to be able to rely on your practice squad. Um, you're going to have to. And now I know this year on the practice squad, they can put 
up to seven veterans, which is normally not the case. So mm. you're going to be, you're going to see a lot of players, a lot, a lot of veteran names being stuck on the practice squad as uh, security. Because if somebody tests positive on a Sunday morning and you've got a game that afternoon, you're going to have to be able to pull somebody in right then immediately to, uh, to come in and fill that spot. And you're going to be able to, unlike past years, pull someone off your practice squad. I think it's two players on game day. So there's a big, big difference in the way a lot of those details are being run. But this makes cut down day very interesting because you're going to see a lot of teams grabbing and stashing some veterans just for the sake of safety. Uh, if if they know your system and that's where everything's going to be different, mm-hmm. you're not just going to go out and find a guy that you can bring in and teach him your system. You sure. need a guy who can come in immediately. And that's why somebody like Tanner Hudson may end up on the practice squad because he knows this system and he might not know some other team's system. So they're not just going to grab him, bring him in. You don't have the time. Again, they bring him in four days lost in the processing of getting a player ready to go, you've mm-hmm. lost almost another entire week after the final cuts. So that puts him in into the season. I mean, think about it. Final cuts are on what the Friday before. Yeah, I, I think it is. I'm, I'm not positive about that, but it's right before it's, it's like a week before. Uh, so <laughs> if you lose four days, that guy comes in on Tuesday or Wednesday what he has three days to get ready to play for your team. Yeah, uh, that's chances the- are that's not going to happen. So teams yeah. are going to be stacking their own people that know their system uh, onto the practice squads. Uh, you're not going to see, I don't think as much movement. It's a good point. All right, let's go back out to the web heads here. I love this comment. Hungry. How are you? It's the top of the cheap franchise pies. Domino's <laughs> box is more flavor than the, than that disaster of dried out mess. I'm guaranteed the food will be delicious at the deck before. Or enduring. So love it, this comment. Read that first thing again. Oh, wait a minute. Hungry Howie's is the top of the cheap. Cheap. Oh, but you know what? It's good. Okay. Now you you piss me off. Now that's what you get. Uh, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. All right. And if we get a piece, like saying I'm driving a really nice Yugo. You shut up and be quiet. Let's see here. Best virtual edits video. J Cole. Uh, is talking, pay attention. We all pay attention to Mr. Joshua Cole Allen. Uh, what's that sound, Peter? That is the price is right, or in this case, the price is wrong. <laughs> there you go. That's what you get here. And after we break, they punk Sean Payton and the Saints, second beat down later in Tampa. Love it. Sheesh. Uh, laugh out loud, championship vibe. Laugh out loud, says Dylan Casey. Good stuff there. Let's go out here. Uh, Jameis had that too. Okay. What? Didn't know, didn't know y'all hated Wait. soccer that much. Sheesh. I like sports. Look, I was just joking around. We don't talk soccer in the show, but I'm not going to kill you if you do. I just don't know that much about it. Now, can I do some research? By the way, this comment is blocking our faces. So let's go and <laughs> take the comment off the screen. Let me put a PSA out there. I don't usually talk soccer. But if I have to, I could do some research. I'm not going to act like I know every soccer player. I know Pele, okay? I know Messi. I know David Beckham. You'll bend it like Beckham. I'm not a soccer guy. I'm a football guy. You like football. I love football. 
Check out the Landry Football Network there. Right here, Peter. What's that? Peter, take a look at this. I don't know if you can see this or not. Is that from, uh, what is that from? It's a signed soccer ball to me from Pele. I got to do a photo shoot with him for a son. Did you ever see kicking and screaming Will Ferrell? You got to watch that. Did you watch that? That's a a good movie. He's got a Pele ball and Robert Duvall is his father and he takes the soccer ball from him and it's signed. And of course, uh, you know, I'm not going to give it away, but it's a good movie. It's funny. And it's Robert Duvall. You got Dick in it, and you got Will Ferrell. And if you don't speak Ferrell, then, uh, well, you know, we, I don't know if we can be friends. You got to watch that movie, though. Good movie. Uh, underrated, in my opinion. So let's leave, read this big comment that's going to block my face and block your face. Uh, I like sports. Maybe I'm just desperate here. This season is blown because of kicking. I mean, freaking kicking. After we're done this offseason, obviously, Gay has missed a fair amount of kicks in camp, or we shouldn't be having the conversation. Is there a team with worse luck and field goal kicking in the recent history? Serious question. How hard? Can it be? I mean, it's your job. Kick the ball. You got to make your kicks. That's it. We'll see how that transpires with Matt Gay and Elliot Fry. It ain't rocket surgery. No, it's not, but it's definitely cost the Bucks some wins. Uh, who has worse luck in field goals? Well, you have to go to college football, and that would be the other favorite team here on the sports web. That would be the Florida State Seminoles. There you go. Uh, yeah, be quiet. Uh, what's the best all around Bucks game to rewatch from last year in your guys' opinion? Oh, I got this. The oh, I, I, I love the Rams game. Yeah. <laughs> because it's everything there. I mean, the Bucks yeah. get out to a big lead and then they blow it. And yeah. then they come back and, and they secure it with a great play by Sue, who, by the way, made more plays last year than Jerry McCoy did in his whole career. Just going to put it out there. I don't care what you guys think. Uh, he was awesome. <laughs> Jer- <laughs> And Sue has three touchdowns in his career, right? <laughs> I mean, he had two last year for the Buccaneers. Right. Gerald McCoy has zero. <laughs> Most, if you look at the Gerald McCoy highlight reel that's on YouTube, mm-hmm. it's got, it's sack, you know, it's a whole bunch of sacks. I mean, he had a lot of sacks, right? But they're all, they're almost all in the first half of game. You have to go all the way back to 2013. When you start a debate about Sue and McCoy and your big-time comeback is, I got to go back to 2013. My friend, you lost the debate. You brought (laughs) basically a knife to a gunfight. And if you know that line from the famous rapper, then you know uh, you speak in my language too. All right, let's go to Eric Scott. Uh, So I, I say that would be the game. Peter loves cheap everything. Uh, Blake Anthony, for that, you get this. Not true, because I'm not good with my money because I spend it so much, and tomorrow night I will be making a trip to Sam Ash Music, getting one of these other mics, getting some mixers, you jerk, so we can do that watch party on Sunday. Love you, Blake Anthony. Sports Talk 49, Tuesdays at 3.30, exclusively here on Bucks Report. Rick Hughes, get out of here. Let me get you out of here. Go ahead and promote your new show Promote yourself. I keep on saying, get out of here. Don't get out of here. Just promote yourself, and then we can get you out of here. All right, I'll get out of here. Um, the uh, just September thirteenth uh, after the post game show. Uh, just come hang out and talk football with me. That's it. Just come hang out and talk some football with me in the cheap seats. We're gonna have a great time. We'll see you then. If you want to know where to reach me, how to follow me on Twitter, how to follow me on Facebook, go to www cheapseats.live not.com dot live and uh and all my links and everything are there all right so there you go good stuff rick hughes thanks a lot for your Peter, time thank you have a great yeah. night brother
Yes, take care of that call, please. All right, don't cough on anybody. <coughs> oh, you shut up. All right, see you later. There you go. Mr. Rick Hughes from the Cheap Seats. Check his new show out September 13th after the post-game edition of the Sports Web. Live at the deck of Isla de Sol out in St. Pete. We will have it all for you. You think that the pandemic is going to stop this, but nothing stops the evolution of Sports Talk Television. Join the 65,000 following we have here on Facebook, of course, live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and a part of the Landry Football Network early on this Friday morning. You guys ready? It's payday. We got 15 days. 15, 5, 5, 5. Bring your passion. Bring your excitement. Just don't bring any nonsense. I'm your host, Peter Blake, and I'll see you tomorrow night on The Evolution of Sports Talk Television. Have a good night. Sports Web, a sports talk show for the hardcore fan. Bring your passion, bring your excitement, just don't bring any nonsense.